Adult content intended for an adult audience only as this contains explicit words, thoughts, and ideas. The content of this story is purely fiction and not intended for anything but the enjoyment of the listener. If you do not agree with the themes listed in the tags, please do not listen to the story. All characters engaging in sexual relationships or activities are 18 years old or older. This story was found on a free website and brought to audio form here. I did not write and take no credit for this story. Please visit the link in the comments to further support this author. This podcast is part of the Erotica Podcast Network. Support us on Patreon to make requests for subjects you would love to hear. Thank you to those who have already reached out. Backyard Milf Part 2 by Publius 68 Chapter 03 Hey Colleen, I heard a guy say to my mother, who was across the produce section from me. I looked up to see Scott West pushing a grocery cart toward my mother. Hello Scott. Good to see you. I heard my mother reply. Reggie. She called to me quickly. Did you find any good tomatoes? They all suck mom. I replied. Can we go with Romas? They at least look okay. Sure, fine. She said. Mom didn't like Romas, but she hated wrinkly tomatoes more. She and Scott chatted quietly, but both kept their eyes on me as I walked over with the oblong tomatoes that I looked in Scott's cart. When are you going to drink some decent beer? I demanded. There were two cases of Bud Light in there. Listen, whippersnapper. Scott replied, his voice pretending to have the high quaver of an eighty-year-old man, instead of the big, athletic dude he was. I don't cotton to you kids today and your stank-ass IPAs. I drink gin, old man. I laughed. And I'm just saying, you might as well drink White Claw as this bilge water. Hey! Scott protested. Hey! Mom protested too. I like white claw. Ouch. In fact, go get me a pack of the black raspberry white claw, please. She added, shit. I've got to pay more attention to what is in the fridge before I get myself in trouble. I turned and trudged away. I looked back and saw the two of them laughing at me and talking conspiratorially. Fuck. Now I had to go to the other end of the store, and then walk back, across the whole fucking Publix, in public, with a box of white claw in my hands. I felt like an 18-year-old girl. Speaking of which, I rounded the corner to the beer and other sad beverages aisle, only to run into my obnoxious younger snitch of a neighbor, Sandy Hammond, who was grabbing a six-pack of Miller. Cluelessly, I asked, Your parents drink Miller? She shot upright, yanking her hand free of the six-pack. Uh, yeah? She replied. You are a dumbass, Reggie, I thought. Of course her parents don't drink Miller. Nobody drinks Miller except probably Scott West and underage kids. She may have busted me when she was 13, but I was hardly going to bust her now that I smiled and shrugged. I hope you have a good ID. I smirked, making it clear that I was above busting her. Then I had to throw away my overly mature high ground by picking up a 12-pack of black raspberry white claw. I walked away, head held high. Own your losses, people. Asterisk I spent the next morning plotting a new way to spy on Christy. She liked the spy pictures I had sent her, letting her know that I had seen her without her knowing, and I was pretty sure she had decided that I needed to send her more pictures, if I wanted any more appreciation. This was not a hardship. But it was a challenge that I could have easily have stayed home and just spied on her at that moment, but the mornings were her work hours, and she had made it clear that I was not to do anything then. She was very good at her job and wanted no distractions, 
like showing off for her peeping Tom. I had photographed and videoed her from various locations in the backyard. It felt played out. I thought about mounting a camera on the trellis or the fence, but explaining that to my parents if they discovered it would be the height of difficult. Besides, that way, it would be the camera watching Christy, not me, and I would get no fun out of that. It was ditto, if to a lesser extent, in the case of my drone. It felt more sexy, but was also impossible. Stealthy, those things were not. Technology was not the answer. I felt that I was contemplating hiding inside her house, which felt like an escalation I wasn't ready for yet, when my phone buzzed. I was floating naked in our pool and paddled the floating chair over to the side where my phone was. My parents were both at work, and I had been enjoying a morning in the sun Christy. Heads up. A coworker from France has been here in the U.S. for a week, and is extending her stay with a long weekend. She will be down here and staying with me. Please let's suspend any play in my house and yard there was a brief pause. Christy, until she is gone me, yes, ma'am. Broken heart emoji, Christy, go fuck someone your own age this weekend. Me, yes, ma'am. Eggplant emoji, Christy, whatever Christy, just leave me alone until Patrice is gone. I don't know if I'd have to explain you or share you. I looked at that last text for a good while. My hand seemed to feel like it ought to stroke my dick. What was that last text supposed to even mean? She makes it clear that she wants me to back off, then she chums the waters like that. Christy was an incurable flirt. It was probably just her being her. But now she had made me curious about this Patrice person that I started listening to anything I could hear from Christy's side of the fence. She was working in the backyard again that Wednesday. She wore a headset all workday, but I could sometimes hear her side of the conversation. It was fairly boring stuff. It usually was, which was why I usually didn't bother to listen. But then I heard something useful. Listen, Harold, I've been texting with Patrice this morning. I'm going to take a personal day Friday and make it a long weekend. I think I'll take our South of France friend and show her Miami Beach at some point. She suddenly barked a sharp, scandalized laugh. You're a pig, Harold. And don't you wish? The beach. Miami Beach is one of the few public beaches in America where women can go topless legally. There is even one stretch of it that is clothing optional. Was Christy going to take her French colleague and get a little loose and free? It was a delicious idea, but honestly, I doubted it. I knew she had a very freaky side, but virtually the rest of the world knew her as a sweet, conservative woman. Regardless, it was a very enchanting speculation, and I had nothing to do over the weekend. Nothing was stopping me from going to the beach, and taking a trip would not be anything related to Christy's house or yard. A few surreptitious pictures of her and this other woman on the beach in whatever style of dress, would be just the kind of pervy, forbidden stuff to get Christy revving hard when I sent them to her after the woman left. This led to a number of challenges, though. Miami Beach is miles and miles long. I had no idea where they would go. Or when. I'd never tried tailing anyone before, and my car is brightly colored. I looked over at my keys, as I thought about my old, distinctly non-stealth sob. She'd make me for sure if I tried following her car to the beach. Wait. I looked at my key ring. Perhaps technology was the answer after all, I thought. I got out of the pool, wrapped a towel around my waist, and picked up the little electronic locator tag that helped me find my keys, wherever they were. I detached the tag from my key ring. Christy parked her car in her driveway, not her garage, so I could find them, or at least where they parked. I just needed to send this little tag for a ride on or in her car. I fired up my phone and did a little research on surreptitious photography. Asterisk late Thursday afternoon, my father and I were tackling our latest project, 
weeding the lawn and beds in our front yard. I was beginning to realize that Dad and I had never done so many chores together in our lives. Despite his frequent, vociferous, and occasionally ectastic signals that he wanted me out of his house, he was taking every opportunity to spend time with me while I was still there. We both knew I'd never live with them again. Hello, Larry, came a voice behind me as I leaned under a shrub to get some stubborn grass that wasn't where it was supposed to be. Hey, Mimi, Dad replied, grunting as he sat up from the other side of the bush. What's got you out in the heat? Oh, just a walk, she replied easily. You know me, I like to keep active. Oh, hello, Reggie. I sat up as well. My body needed a break anyway. Mimi Taylor was a nice lady in her mid-forties. As usual, she wore baggy sweatpants and a loose cotton top. I had honestly never looked twice at her until my father's randy teasing of me and my mom earlier in the summer. I had subsequently gotten a look at her in a bikini, and well, I understood his using her for the tease that I genuinely wasn't interested, but I could understand. Hi, Mimi, I said, still having to make an effort to call the adults in the neighborhood by their first names. Well, Mimi said after a few more pleasantries, waving one of the hand weights she carried on her walk for an extra workout. I'm off. See you next weekend, Larry. Dad hesitated. Uh, oh, the regular circuit party. That is next weekend? I'll bet he forgets his own birthday, Mimi said to me. Yes, Larry, I'm talking about the regular circuit party. What else? How about you, Reggie? Are you coming too, or are you too grown up for anything but the senior circuit now? One last chance to swim in the Wade's big pool? Wouldn't miss it, I said. Just then, a strange black Honda pulled up in front of Christie's. We all naturally looked at it. I figured this might be Patrice's Uber, delivering her for her mini-vacation, and I was right. I carefully concealed that I had knowledge of who this visitor might be. The woman who got out of the car was about Christie's age, tall, dark brown-haired, and very slender. She had brought only the one small roller bag, and was dressed in the height of business casual elegance, with high-waisted, pleated pants that made her look about seventy-five percent leg. She saw us all staring at her curiously, and she waved in friendly fashion. She had a nice smile that we all waved back in that friendly wave suburbanites have, the one they give strangers that says, Howdy! We are friendly, but we also will remember you well enough for a detailed description to the police if you try anything. She nodded her head and turned to roll her bag up to Christie's front door. What do you know? Mimi said quietly to Dad. Gaines has a visitor. With a shrug, she headed off down the street. Dad asked my help back under the hedge, and I missed Patrice greeting Christie and going inside her home that I got up fairly early Friday morning, about 8.45. After my shower and breakfast, I was ready for the day. I wondered if they would go to the beach today or the next, but I was ready now, in case it was to be today. I wandered over to the living room, which is in the front of our house. I figured I would hang there and keep an eye out to see if and when they got going early that I looked out the window. Shit, Christie's car was gone. Already doubt I realized suddenly that early for an unemployed grad student was quite different from early for two women whose workdays were on British Standard Time. I checked my phone. The tag showed that they were on their way toward the beach already. I leapt off the couch and dashed upstairs. I changed into my planned beach attire grabbed my special new bag, and ran out to my car, which was parked on the curb. In five minutes, I was off on the long drive to South Beach. They got there more than half an hour before I arrived. That sucked somewhat, but it could not be helped. Actually, it was probably for the better, I considered. They would be relaxed and done examining their surroundings in detail. 
I parked in a lot half a mile north from where Christy had left her car. Sitting in my saab I applied my disguise. It mostly consisted of white zinc oxide sunscreen streaked over my face to distort its natural shape, a baggy Ohio State University t-shirt bought at the mall the day before, and a wide-brimmed hat. I looked like a sun-shy, Midwestern tourist. Midwestern tourists come in two varieties, sun-shy and lobster red. There would be hundreds of both types on the beach that day, and I wanted to blend in. The beach where Christy and Patrice had parked was way south of that one clothing-optional stretch I mentioned. I had certainly not expected that they would end up there, but I had still entertained fantasies. Ah, well, the stretch they did choose was fairly crowded, I was glad to see. There is anonymity in numbers. I wandered down the beach, looking for Christy. The crowd along most of South Beach is not the unending stream of bronze, topless models the Chamber of Commerce would want you to think. Most women are with their families, and are ordinary looking, at best. And fully clothed, for the beach. There are exceptions to that last bit. Most of those topless exceptions are not enchanting. But a few were. A few were very enchanting. It was a good chance to use the remote camera I had installed in the new large beach bag I had bought. I appeared to all the world as if I had my head down over my phone, playing Clash of Clans or whatever as I wandered. But the camera relayed via Bluetooth to my phone in real time, and I was able to get some great shots of a few young women who were using the beach to its fullest. I was wandering aimlessly after passing the vicinity of one particularly stacked sunbather. I had taken of her from a number of angles, and got so distracted reviewing them that I almost disastrously walked right into Christie and Patrice. They never noticed me as I veered off in the water's direction. It was an easy matter to pause, look at some birds, and swing the bag back toward the women. Christie had chosen to wear a bikini, if not a particularly daring one. Her bottoms were white boy shorts with a red belt, and the top was a fairly full coverage red number with wide straps. On her crazy body, it looked like an advertisement for sex, at least to me. Patrice was nicely tanned, and indeed quite willowy. She wore a one-piece that was nevertheless more daring than Christie's. It was jet black, cut very high at the hips, and the neckline dropped to her navel. She was small-breasted, but on her slender body, they looked perfect. A number of great photos went into my phone that I wandered along past them. I was about to turn around and head back toward them when I got distracted for a minute by another rare example lying flat on her back, enormous tits bare to the sun. I winced for her a little as I took a picture or two. She had serious tan lines and I could already see the pale portions of those luscious mounds turning pink. It was going to be an uncomfortable sunburn for the busted woman that I wanted to say something to warn her. But come on, what was I going to say? Hi there! I was just staring at your tits closely and I think you have the beginnings of a sunburn. Things would end up more painfully embarrassing for me than the sunburn was going to be for her. Or so I told myself that I turned and walked back toward my focus of interest. The two co-workers were lying on huge beach towels propped up on low, portable backrests, soaking up the sun. They might have been asleep, except I could see their mouths move as they chatted away. I took several absolutely lovely shots. Some framed Patrice in the middle, but most obviously centered on Christy. The women were completely unaware of me, and the pictures had the vaguely creepy, voyeuristic quality I wanted. Satisfied, I walked on. It was too bad, really. I had had some hopes that Christie's French colleague might have led her into a little topless time, but the pictures I had gotten would do the trick, nevertheless. I could show Christie in a few days that I had well and truly observed her in sexy circumstances without her knowledge. She would love it. I paused. What made this all so hot was, pushing it. I turned and walked back, 
finally pulling out my towel and seating myself on the other side of Christy from where I had taken the pictures, with a family of three almost directly between us. Almost. I set down my bag, carefully pointed right back at the women. From this vantage, I was looking at them from an angle, with their feet closer to me than their heads. I shifted the bag idly, moving them perfectly into frame. I took several more excellent pictures. But those were for later. I set the camera to record video and let it run. Then I chose one of the best shots I had taken earlier, from the other direction and clearly further away. I took a deep breath and texted it to Christy. Time to let her know that she was being watched, but couldn't catch me. I saw her stir at the buzz of the phone. But she just ignored it. I sent her a second picture I had chosen. She frowned lightly and reached for the phone. I hoped to God that Patrice wouldn't be curious enough to lean over and look, but little, genuine risks like that got me revved, I was coming to learn. She just lay there, eyes behind her shades. Christie's own eyes widened and she swiftly shot a glance off in the direction that those pictures had clearly been taken from. Then she stopped herself and looked away. She shook her head and smiled a little to herself, laying back with just the tiniest shiver. Who was that? A problem at the office? Patrice asked idly. No. I have them all on ignore this weekend. Christy replied. Just a friend. A boyfriend? The Frenchwoman asked teasingly. Ha! I have no boyfriend. She laughed. Creepy stalkers are all irate these days. Patrice heaved a gallic sigh. Ah well. Perhaps they are cute creepy stalkers. Those are the best kind. Christy shook her head and paused. Then she reached behind her back and unhooked her bikini top. She looked around significantly, seeking but not finding me in the distance, then lifted it up over her head and set it aside before relaxing back. Fuck, those were nice tits. Patrice noticed the change. Allure! I thought you were American! She snorted nonchalantly. Christy shrugged, perhaps more scenically than necessary. It's allowed on this beach. Ha! Huh. Well, I am not sure if that will get you a boyfriend, or just more stalkers, but it is a start. With that, Patrice also reached behind her head. She tugged the strap up and over her head and let the front of her suit drop down to her waist. She rolled it up tightly and tucked it in. Her breasts were delicate, as I said, but deliciously sweet. Her nipples were dark and round, and just a bit perky in the breeze. She was delicious, but I remained focused on Christy next to her. The mother of the small family between us was low-level scandalized. I guessed that she had chosen this little patch of beach because of its former absence of naked tits. Now her husband was being treated to a grade a prime fifteen feet from them. After a minute or so to capture the two of them settling back in their new display, I stopped recording the video, having gotten the action I had prayed for but not really expected. Christy liked being watched, and now that she knew that she was, she was clearly getting turned on. Her nipples were hardening just a touch. I hoped she liked the extra attention she was getting from the husband who was between us, partially screening me. I took several zoomed-in shots of Christy, even a few ultra-close-ups of her perky nipples. Then I zoomed out again to take in both of them and restarted the video recording. After a minute or so, Christy looked around again, still not focusing on me. Was my disguise working this well? I clearly wasn't staring her way, my face was resolutely on my phone and I was turned away from her toward the sea. A text appeared on my phone from Christy. Christy, I hope you stuck around after those photos. I want to see what you are getting now, me, no. I left. Why, Christy, you left? Shit, me, gotcha. You look even more glorious now, Christy, bastard. Bet you like Patrice's current look, too. 
It is a lovely bonus. Thank you, Christy. You are welcome for the show, Perv. Welcome to the view of her to her too. Well, Patrice was indeed a sight. Christy, got video? Me, of the whole disrobing. Did I say thank you already? I saw Christy snort. Patrice leaned over. Your friend is making you laugh. She observed drolly. I watched as Christy casually tilted her phone so her suddenly interested coworker could not see it, without it looking like she was hiding anything. He is drooling over someone new. She smirked. Alas, poor too. This guy is just a buddy, Patrice. My fuck buddy said dismissively. The husband next to me was whispering in his wife's ear. She smiled at him, scandalized, even giving him a light shove. He shrugged. Their little daughter just kept making a surprisingly advanced sandcastle for a preschooler. Christy, I'm going to want to see that video next week me. I'll have it edited up for posterity. Christy, make sure you get plenty of good shots of Patrice, you perv me. Her, Christy, don't be an ass. She's hot. You will regret it later if you don't. I was pretty sure that she was looking around for me, and despite that fact that I was sitting right in her field of vision, she hadn't picked me out. Or if she had, she was very good at concealing that fact. She seemed to be enjoying the frustration of not being able to identify me without making it obvious to Patrice that she was looking for someone. As far as she knew, I could be anywhere, in any direction. I did make sure to shift the bag a little and get some extra shots that focused exclusively on Patrice. Christy was right. I'd have regretted not taking these. I was just about to shift back and get some more shots of my neighbor when Patrice decided to stretch. She sat up straight, raised her hands over her head and twisted back and forth, working out some kink in her neck or back. Oh, these were very nice pictures. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw the husband tying himself into knots, trying not to look like he was staring. His wife was buying none of it. She reached out toward him slowly, deliberately, and the fact that he did not react at all illustrated how focused his attention was elsewhere. She pinched his ass. Hey! He yelped, turning to her. What was, uh, what was that for? Dumbass come back, dude. Really? She hissed at him quietly that he looked away from Patrice and shrugged at his wife, his expression part sheepish, and part, what do you expect from me? You want a show? You are watching the wrong one. She said. The wrong show? He asked, confused. Yeah. Watch this one. His wife replied, and with just a tremor, undid her own bikini top and lifted it aside. The daughter giggled in reaction for a moment then went back to her castle. The dad was transfixed. Let me say, Christy and Patrice were hotter, but this little milf, who I had not really examined before, had it going on as well. She was not a stunner, with a few extra pounds here and there, and a plainish face. But while I have no idea of their original looks, the post-childbearing condition of her boobs was outstanding. They were heavy but firm, and dangled enticingly. Her Oreos were large and dark and her nipples were also meaty and very, very hard. Her husband looked like he'd been hit with a cattle prod. Then he looked around frantically, and then his attention was riveted on his lovely wife, just like she had wanted. Their daughter just obliviously focused on constructing her curtain wall, adding to the exciting nature of the scene before me was that, combined with the byplay I had seen before, the milky white color of her newly exposed skin told me that I was seeing this woman expose her tits in public for the first time in her life. Maybe the first time she had exposed them outdoors at all. That is cruel. The dad said softly. Cruel? Yeah. You know what I want to do right now, and I can't. She laughed, and went back to her book. But I saw her looking around at the beachgoers nearby, searching for who was staring at her, 
appreciating her. I looked away before she surveyed in my direction. But she was indeed getting looks from several directions and impressive feet with Christy and Patrice so nearby. I consulted my phone intently. There were too many bear tits, ranging from enchanting, to lovely, to drool-worthy, demanding my gaze. I wanted to be nondescript, and not draw any attention in return. I also wanted a picture of the MILF, but that was hard. Adjusting my beach bag enough to get her in frame might seem obvious that I sat forward and rummaged in my bag for a Coke. I was thirsty for sure, but mostly I wanted to shift the bag so the camera pointed at the mom. I was becoming quite the perv photographer. I got some good photos, and even some brief video before the mom chickened out. She didn't put the top back on, but she did lie down on her chest. Nice ass, too if a little generous. I read my phone for a while for real, then got up, grabbed all my stuff, and wandered off back toward my car. I got a great panorama video shot as I stood of all three scenic wonders nearby, and I left the camera running as I ambled back to my car. I got a view or two worth capturing on the way that I walked back toward where I had parked, feeling satisfied. I had done my work. Christy would be well happy with my antics the next time I peeped. If she caught me, it would be awesome. About the time I got back to my car, a good twenty minutes later, another text from Christy hit my phone. Christy, are you still around to see that just now, me, see what, Christy, you really did leave this time. No way you don't know what I'm talking about, otherwise me, what? I received only silence going forward. Fuck dot I drove home, my imagination intruding on every thought dot I realized that this was an easy thing to do. I could walk these beaches and get all sorts of great images, even more if I came home to visit during the really crowded weekends during the European tourist season. But I didn't really see myself doing it. The random topless chicks were nice, but I didn't get that peeping thrill. What got me truly excited was observing Christy, whom I knew, and Patrice, whom I knew about, and even the mom, since I felt like I had gotten to somehow know the couple as I watched their little byplay. Kinks come in all forms, I guessed. And let's face it, there was nothing abnormal about enjoying the view of topless Christy and Patrice. That dad and I were hardly the only occupants of the beach who did. Asterisk at dinner that evening, my mother's phone rang. She is a salesperson, she always answers it, even at the dinner table. Hello? Oh, hi Christy. What can I do for you? Mom said, then listen for a bit. Tomorrow night? Sure, I guess. Why not? We are free. Sounds interesting. Reggie? Sure, I'll ask him. Nice of you to include him. Mom covered the microphone on her phone and addressed me. Ms. Gaines has a house guest for the weekend. A coworker from France, no less. She announced to my father. She says that she is already running out of ways to entertain the woman and wants to know if you and I would come over for drinks after dinner tomorrow so they aren't just sitting on the couch and watching Netflix. An image of Patrice and Christy, Netflix and chilling on her couch, briefly tantalized my imagination. She said that you are welcome to come along too, if you like, Reggie. Come on, Dad said. This is what adults do, you know. Help each other out with imposed guests. Dad had seen the imposed guest. He grinned at me. I shrugged. This was Christie's game, whatever it was. I was certainly not going to refuse to play. I wish I had an excuse like a date to beg off with. I sighed. I wanted to text Christie for further info, but I sensed that she might not answer me. Had she wanted my input, she'd have asked for it to begin with. Asterisk the next night, as we prepared to go next door. My father grabbed a better-than-average bottle from the wine closet and slid it into one of the stash of bottle gift bags he and mom kept for such occasions. Did you think to bring anything, Reggie? He asked, 
like the asshole life instructor that he is, clearly expecting to catch me out. But he is a good asshole life instructor, and I had been given this lesson before. I stepped into the den, returning with a large tropical bouquet of flowers in a vase that I had gone out that afternoon and purchased as a hostess gift for Christy, along with a smaller, handheld bundle of red roses for her guest. Something like these? I asked innocently. Wow, Reggie! Mom exclaimed. Those are a bit magnificent. You might be going a bit over the top, just to show up your father. Dad just looked at me skeptically. Spoiler alert, he said to Mom. He and I saw the guest when she arrived on Thursday. She's quite the looker. Mom just looked at me and smiled. Oh ho! Aren't you the operator, Reggie? Nice touch, going with the bigger arrangement for Ms. Gaines. You will have this Frenchwoman jealous of your affections before she's known you ten seconds. Honestly, I said loftily. As the local representative of American youth, I just want to put our nation's best foot forward. Dad looked at Mom. I think he believes his own bullshit half the time. Why not? You believe yours all the time. She laughed. It's a nice gesture, Reggie. She said firmly to me, and away we traipsed to next door. I maneuvered myself front and center at the door before Christy answered it. Her eyes lit up at the large arrangement of birds of paradise, etc. Reggie! Those look wonderful! She exclaimed. I just wanted to say thank you for inviting me along. I said, handing the vase to her. That revealed the spray of roses that I also held. I brought some flowers for your guest as well. Christy lifted an eyebrow at that briefly. But all she did was step backward into her living room and say to all three of us, Well, come in and meet her then. She rested the heavy arrangement on the entry table, where it looked very nice, and turned to gesture at Patrice, who stood in the doorway to the kitchen. This is Patrice, everybody. Patrice, these are my neighbors, Larry and Colleen, and their son Reggie. Bonsoir, she said. It is kind of you to provide reinforcements for Christy in her efforts to keep the foreigner entertained. Conversation was fluid, and the evening got going well. Christy was dressed in her usual, middle-aged look, with loose trousers and a flowing silk blouse in a tropical print. It was the sort of outfit that looked typically South Florida suburban, while artfully obscuring what a gorgeous figure she possessed. It was her public face, and seeing her wearing it just reminded how lucky I was to have seen her private self. Patrice looked very French, in the best possible way. She wore tight, yellow capri pants that accentuated her long legs, slender thighs, and sleek ass, which somehow seemed voluptuous beneath her narrow waist. Up top, she had a black, short-sleeved turtleneck sweater on that understatedly emphasized her modest but elegant bust. Put a headscarf and an oversized pair of dark glasses on her, and she would have looked straight out of a fifties Parisian art print of a cafe patron. She also charmed mom and dad equally, which was fine by me. Eventually, Patrice was entertaining my parents with some story about French ski resorts, leaving Christy and me to chat off to the side. She is pretty, isn't she? Christy observed. How did your pictures of her turn out? Fucking awesome, I replied brazenly. And why are you so into me drooling over her? Do you have designs for the three of us? Piss off with your threesome talk here. Christy laughed quietly but quellingly. As far as Patrice is concerned, I'm a stodgy American woman who uncharacteristically got her tits out on the beach yesterday. And she's French, so that barely even registered as unusual in her mind. As far as she knows, I'm still that boring American woman. And I'd like her to keep thinking that. She added firmly. Certainly, Miss Gaines. I chirped innocently. She'll hear no different from me. Why should she? 
Christie snorted. Exactly. This is a lovely evening we are having, but if threesomes are tragically off the menu, what are you up to? I asked, keeping my conspiratorial tone out of my body language. What makes you think I'm up to anything? I'm beginning to understand that you are always up to something. I smiled back. Maybe, but tonight is all about my guest. Christy paused, giving me a sly smile. She has subtly, but in no uncertain terms, made it clear that she had wistfully hoped for some American dick before she headed home. She found none to be had, or worth having, last night after the beach when we went bar hopping. I just looked at Christy. Don't look at me. I protested. The only two guys I know around here are as young as me, and neither of them are up to standard for a babe like her. I don't think you understood me, she said with a dry smile. For what it is worth, you are the very best American dick that I am acquainted with right now. I just looked at Christy. I confess that this was confusing. Uh, I replied intelligently. Reggie, Christy said flatly. Please be reassured that your little beach camera stunt, which I still can't figure out how you pulled off, by the way, has me fully hot and bothered. My crotch is a bit damp even now as I speak about it. I fully expect you to spy my brains out once Patrice goes home. That certainly improved my outlook on life. But for now, I'm the just a neighbor lady. She is the horny French hottie visitor. She looked sideways at my parents and Patrice. Unless you want her trying to take your father to bed, and maybe your mother for all I know, you might want to get into the game. I might have actually looked hurt for a moment. The idea of being fibbed off on someone else hurt enough to insulate me from her teasing reference to dad. Reggie, my delicious milf said seriously. For what it is worth, I have a date Friday. A real one. Patrice may have struck out, but I at least got a phone number. The chances of my bringing him home afterward are slim and none, and Slim left town ahead of a posse. But for the record, my person and property are serious. No shit off limits Friday night, okay? It was a reminder that we were not a couple. Yikes. I had actually needed that reminder for a moment. My perceptions had drifted a little askew doubt I actually felt relived at her words except I now focused on the idea of Patrice trying to seduce both my parents. I guess I need to get to work, I said fervently. She laughed. Honestly, your parents' dubious virtue is probably safe. She is just a little horny. But I thought you ought to be aware of the opportunity. Her eyes twinkled. If you end up with reason to thank me later, I expect your gratitude to be extravagant. So my fuck buddy wanted me to try to nail her smoking hot, horny, French coworker. All right then doubt I may have plumbed Christie's physical depths quite thoroughly, but clearly there were mental depths left unmeasured. In the meantime, I like to do favors for my friends. I'm a giver that way. Larry, Colleen, Christie said suddenly, moving toward my parents. I do have one serious thing to talk to you guys about tonight. It's the HOE election, so no, Dad said, throwing his hands up in mock horror. Are you actually running for the board? God, no, Christie laughed but I do want to make sure that Glenda doesn't get elected again, we are in. Mom said instantly. What is your plan? My parents hate Glenda fellows. Well, hate is a very strong word. They view the woman as a taste that they do not wish to acquire. They and Christy wandered off across the room, chatting intently. And a conspiracy is born. I observed to Patrice, who was left standing with me. What is an HOA? She asked. The natural habitat of the lesser American busybody. I snarked. She cocked an eyebrow. HOEs are an insanely boring subject to be honest one that I will probably care a lot about when I own my own home, but for now. 
They are painfully uninteresting as conversational fodder. You sound like someone who is trying to avoid a socialist poetry reading. Christie's guest laughed. I guess that France has its own hazards. I chuckled, extravagantly shuddering at the threat of being trapped in a dark room full of cigarette smoke and wannabe communists who can't comprehend rhyme, meter, or economics. Would you like another glass of wine and maybe keep me company outside, lest they drag me into a conspiracy against the neighborhood bitch? Certainment. At Christie's bar, I observed. I'm surprised she put out New Zealand wine for a French guest. I will tell you a secret, Patrice said with a grin. I am not much for wine. I mostly drink gin, like my roast beef work colleagues. I looked at her with a smile. Done, I said, spooning ice into two low tumblers from Christie's collection and adding a healthy splash of beefeaters' to each. Tonic? Patrice asked. I don't see any. I said. Good. We took our glasses and walked into the backyard. You seem old to live with your parents. She observed, a bit of challenge in her voice. I am taking an opportunity to spend time with them before I start an MBA program in a month or so, in marketing. Ah, that is our field. Patrice said, meaning herself and Christy. I know. Christy and I have talked about her job a bit. I said, walking away from the house into the dark. So you are a future competitor, she said in offhand challenge. Or a future boss, I replied bombastically. Then I shrugged. Or more likely, a future assistant. You are too modest, she said, almost pro forma. You like modest assistants? I asked with a half smile. Perhaps I like modest bosses. She said back out we found ourselves facing each other in a dark corner of the backyard, far from the illumination of the pool. I looked at her quietly in the darkness. I have always felt that I was reasonably well equipped to banter with the opposite sex, but my recent play with Christy seemed to have endowed me with some next level chutzpah. Whatever, just so long as you don't try to be modest. I said earnestly, thinking in the back of my head about her rather spectacular immodesty on the beach. Modesty is not allowed? Not when one is as sensational as you. I said matter-of-factly. That stopped her cold, but only for a second. She actually fanned herself as if embarrassed. Well, Monsieur MBA student, I think you understand marketing already. She was smiling broadly. I felt pretty certain I could trust Christie's intelligence regarding her desires. I hope so. I chuckled throatily. Because I have an exciting variety of goods and services I'd like to offer you. I was mistaken, Monsieur. You are not too modest at all. I shrugged. I looked into her eyes with an easy good nature and asked, May I kiss you? Without missing a beat, she said, A bien, sir. We each took half a step toward each other, and I leaned forward to kiss her. I realized that she was as tall as I, and that was a nice added touch. But her lips were alive against mine, and I felt her hand suddenly resting on my hip. In response, I slid a hand of my own around the small of her back and pulled her against me gently. She quivered lightly as our bodies pressed against each other, and she opened her mouth, letting a delicate tongue out to play. I had an eager partner for it. We stood there in the dark, tasting each other happily. My cock began to swell. How could it not with this elegant creature in my arms, kissing me? I took a risk, and left our hips pressed together as my erection sprouted. She most certainly felt it. She even pressed a little harder against it. I was not yet fully hard when Patrice pulled her face away from mine a little leaving our hips pressed together. You are delicious in so many ways, she murmured to me. I am shocked that Christy has not made some little play for you herself. She stiffened a little. Or has she? She asked with a frown that I laughed. Christy? 
No. I'm sure I'm too young for her. I am as old as she. Patrice replied. Then I suppose that I am too young for you too. I said easily, renewing my gentle grasp on the small of her back. My cock was well and truly tumescent now. Yes, you are. Is it not delicious? She chuckled that I kissed her again. You certainly are. I said then buried my tongue in her mouth until she pushed it out with her own and counter-invaded me in turn. I am beginning to think that Christie was intending me a great favor, inviting you along this evening. Patrice gasped through our enthusiastic kiss. I must thank her. You, I said, pausing to suck on her tongue. I'm the one who owes the debt. My free hand slid up her sleek hip, along her torso, and found itself clasping a delicate breast through the soft knit of her sweater. She shuddered again happily. But then she stopped and stepped back. I fear your parents would be scandalized if they came looking for where we have gotten to. She said, irritation in her voice. Well, let's make sure they don't think to come look for us then. I smiled. I pulled out my phone and texted my mother. Me, You guys have fun conspiring against Glenda. Patrice and I have left you three to it and have gone to check out an American-style BAR.MY mother has an Apple Watch and reads all her texts immediately, even when in a conversation. It is a compulsion. So I was a bit surprised to see a long delay before a response. Patrice just leaned her lovely face in close to mine to watch for how they took it. Mom, we will try hard not to be hurt, darling. Where are you going? Me, not sure. Maybe trying several places. I just want to show her that the American idea of a good time is not talking about suburban neighborhood politics. Me, we are Ubering. Don't worry about me driving. Talk to you tomorrow. We will be home late. Mom. Have fun, Patrice looked at her phone. I was unsurprised that there were no texts from Christy. That was simple, she said brightly. Now we have the problem of where we shall actually go. Her arms snaked around me. I am not sure that I want to be out in public tonight. Privacy is a major goal for me. I replied then kissed her again. We took a minute or so for that. My house is no good, I said after a breath. My parents will hang around for a bit with Christy to be polite but then they will head home soon. Patrice just shrugged. My guest room will certainly do. We just must be careful sneaking upstairs. They are busy plotting after all. I just looked at her. Really? They will hear us. I meant that they would hear us going up the stairs, but Patrice chose to hear me differently. You are so sure of your prowess then? She giggled. Yeah, this was gong exactly where I hoped it was going. The soundproofing in my friend's home is quite impressive. She grinned at me. I noted it when I first got here and Christy was playing her loud, uh, hair metal? This was a new level in whatever the fuck adventuristic weirdness my life had become. But we snuck back over to the back door. It was easy to tell that the three of them were still in the front of the house, chatting away. We slipped inside silently. Coming into the house was no big deal. If caught, we could say that we were just heading out. But heading up the stairs together would lead to pointed questions from my parents if they noticed us. Up we went, as they chatted away in the front room. Halfway up the stairs, I heard my mother. I have to say, spiriting your friend off like that was a pretty eager trick for Reggie. He is usually a lot more slow-moving, to the point of missing opportunities. Really? Christy replied smoothly. Well, I would not worry too much about how your son has changed. I'm guessing Patrice was probably the aggressor. She noticed Reggie the minute she got out of her Uber on Thursday. I was there. Dad said. I'd say he noticed her too. She noticed you too, Larry. Christy said teasingly. But when I said to her, the older one is married, 
and her memory of you got fuzzier and less fond. Curses. Foiled again. My father growled. Patrice and I had both paused on the stairs, enjoying eavesdropping on a conversation about us. Calm down, big boy, Mom said, good-natured repression in her voice. You'd get enough as is. I heard Christy laugh. Why was there that weird, nervous edge to it? But Patrice had lost interest, and had started silently up the stairs in front of me. That ass had to be followed. I mean really, it was so fucking, elegant.at her door, she slipped inside. I followed rapidly, and once in, turned as she closed the door with agonizing slowness, then pressed home the lock with equal, silent deliberation. She turned from the door and looked at me. I looked at her. There are those times, she said, straightening up. Where you see someone in your mind tells you, I simply must make love to them. They are beautiful moments, but usually a little tragic. Oh? I asked hoarsely. Yes, because it is not often that you will see that same urge looking back at you from their eyes, Patrice said softly. Tonight, however, I think I see that look coming back from you, no? She literally held her breath that I drank her in for a moment, then stepped forward, lifted her up, and swept her back and onto the bed. She giggled silently as I followed down and on top of her. The mattress springs creaked. And not quietly doubt we both froze on the bed, listening for a change in the indistinct voices below. Apparently, no one heard us, but Bouncy Bouncy on the bed was going to be out. We both slid to our feet. Now how shall we? She began. But I pirouetted her around as if we were dancing, and pressed her face against the wall, pushing my own body to pin her against the drywall. Patrice gasped just a tiny breath, but then rested her left cheek against the wall, turning her head downward to her shoulder in a studiously demure pose. Her hands pressed flat against the wall beside her shoulders as if about to push back from both it and me. But she did not move. Is this part of your marketing pitch? She asked. I don't know. Is it working? I asked huskily in her ear, my once more swollen rod pressing hard against her lovely ass. Oh, we oui, monsieur. She gasped softly. It is most effective. My hands wrapped around her, cupping her tits, reveling in their bouncy, elastic firmness. The light but nubbly fabric of her sweater made it so that I could not tell if she was braless, or had on some lacy, lightweight confection that I had to know. Keeping my hips pinning hers against the wall, hard rod pressing against her taut, slender ass, I moved my hands down to tug the tails of the sweater free of her narrow waistband. My fingers dove up under the sweater and clasped those bouncy little piles. They were blessedly bra-free. With such lovely, pert, petite, and enchanting tits, why would she ever wear a bra? Oh, she breathed softly as my hands clasped her. Then again, as my thumbs and forefingers slowly pressed together around the hard, excited buttons of her nipples. The flesh of her tits was so springy. They held their shape almost magically, yielding happily to my manipulations but springing back into form as if they reveled in their own wonderful, natural shape. I have kept describing them as modest or small, but I think that is mostly because I always saw them in the context with Christie's wonders. Patrice's had enough mass to bell at the bottom just slightly, filling my hands sufficiently for a good grab. And wow, were they sensitive. Between my hips grinding my cock into the back of her pants, and my eager exploration of her breasts, it felt like she was ready to come already. I considered that as I tugged once more at her nipples, just enough to draw more hisses of pleasure from her. Did I want to make her wait a little? Oh, touch them, Reggie. Grab them. Make them sing as you are doing. She groaned quietly. She tugged at the bottom of her sweater and pulled it up into her armpits, 
leaving my hands to roam about more freely. I bend my lips to nuzzle and lightly bite at the nape of her neck. I rolled one nipple gently between forefinger and thumb, while I let the other hand slide down her belly. Reluctantly letting off on the pressure that kept her hips pinned to the wall, I slid my hand down the smooth front of her tight capri pants. There were new sounds of pleasure now as my fingers slid down and between her legs, caressing her through the soft cotton. But where the hell was the zipper? I wanted those pants off. Cute thought they were dot I slid my hand up and then around her waistband to the small of her back. No zipper back there either. The waistband was not elastic, and it hugged her narrow waist before swelling gently over her sports car's slender hips. How did these pants come off? She chuckled. The zipper is on the other hip, but I enjoy feeling you struggle. My other hand let slip her breast and drop to her waist. There was the invisible zipper, as promised. I tugged the tiny pull, and it vibrated in my fingertips as it slid downward, tooth by tooth. The waistband of the caprice loosened. My cock protested as I pulled it away from her ass so that I could kneel behind her. I caressed that slender, sweeping backside, before I began to slowly work the pants down off of her. They were very tight, and even unzipped, I had to work at them to get them to slide down. Patrice helped in all sorts of ways by wagging those sensational hips as I worked. Her backside emerged, encased in the sexiest pair of black lace panties. They covered her whole butt, but clung to it like paint, and the lace was open, leaving much of the creamy flesh beneath deliciously visible dot on the beach. It had been clear that she often tanned topless, but now I could see that she did not tan nude. The stark tan lines from a very small bikini bottom showed through the sheer lace clearly dot I could not help but nuzzle that but as I kept pushing her pants lower. Before I even had the yellow garment below her knees, Patrice began to lose patience and pushed the lacy undergarment down as well. Unlike the pants, when it surrendered its grasp on her hips and ass, it fell easily, floating to rest on the yellow fabric I was still working off. It was like a spell, and the capris at last loosened on her legs. They slipped to her ankles and she stepped free easily. I kissed my way over the smooth hardness of her ass, dragging the tip of my tongue gently along the outlines between creamy pale and burnished tan. Then I kissed upward along her spine, rising to my feet again until I was standing behind her once more. At last, she chose to spin around, now leaning her back against the wall, naked from the armpits down. I stared at her in raw appreciation, unsure of whether to kiss her or dive my face down to those proud breasts. Patrice solved my dilemma by grabbing my head and pulling me into another deep, passionate, extraordinarily French kiss. My hands slid up to give those hypersensitive tits the attention they craved. She shuddered between me and the wall. Her hands suddenly flew to the front of my shirt, fingers fumbling as they worked to undo the buttons of my favorite casual dress shirt, with its riot of paisley color. Things were actually awkward for a moment as we refused to break off the kiss. I was not going to let my hands stray from her tits and she was yanking buttons open. With the last button undone, she pushed my shirt off my shoulders. But since as I mentioned, I was not letting go of those nipples, my shirt would go no further. She left it hanging off me and went to work on my jeans. The five metal buttons popped open, one after the other, and her hand eagerly stroked my bulge through the black fabric of my underwear. My levis were loose, and they slid easily to my ankles. I kicked them aside. Patrice tugged the waistband of my drawers away from my belly and slid her other hand down and to wrap its fingers around my extravagantly eager cock. She stroked it once, twice, then held it firmly as she doubled her efforts at our kiss. But only for a moment. Then she broke it off with a gasp, turning her head to pull away from my lips. She stepped sideways, freeing herself from between me and the wall. She breathed. Back up a little. 
I must see what you have for me. Letting go of my cock, she pushed my underwear downward briskly, then backed up to see me nearly naked. I smiled, and having lost my death grip on her nipples, let my hands drop to shed the shirt. She eyed me over from toes to hair. It was a quick eyeball bath, but a thorough one. I have a confession, she said slowly. I did not in fact notice or remember you from my arrival. I think perhaps that Christy made up her little story to cover our escape, or perhaps to tease your father. She stepped forward and let her fingers drag up the underside of my cock. But I wish that I had. I would have made her invite you to come with us to the beach yesterday. I smiled without elaborating. She wrapped her grasp around my dick once more and kissed me just a tiny bit. Perhaps you would have enjoyed it. My friend, your neighbor let herself sunbathe topless. I let my cock pulse just a bit at that. She chuckled throatily. Perhaps, before I leave, I will tell her how very, very good you are at taking off a woman's clothes. Would you like that? I, I, I gabbled artfully that I was quite sure that Patrice was going to dish on me regardless of what I said. I was also quite sure that Christy would say nothing other than to pretend shock or perhaps congratulations in reply. I was further sure that she would be quite turned on by the conversation. And finally, I was absolutely sure that I would benefit from that effect. But my part in all this currently was as the neighbor who was uninterested in Christy, at least until I heard that she sunbathed topless. Imagine that. I don't know. I finished. That was enough letting my innocent side show. Patrice, I felt, liked my assertiveness more. What I do know, I said suddenly more strongly, is what I would like now. With that, I wrapped my arms around her, cupped her ass and lifted her. She stifled a shriek of surprise as I carried her the three steps it took to place her down, sitting on the edge of the wide chest of drawers. It is time, I said, sinking down to my knees and caressing her calves with both hands, for me to interest you in more of my exciting variety of goods and services. I kissed a knee and gently spread her legs. There is one good I am very interested in, she laughed slowly. But for now, you very much have my attention. I kissed the inner surface of first one knee then the other, spreading her legs wider as I did so. Looking up, her tan line showed that she trimmed her pubic hair to fit neatly under the narrow, high-cut bikini bottom she evidently wore most often to tan. The narrow vertical triangle of dark hair pointed down to nether lips that were shaven smooth. They looked swollen, and glistened in the low light of the bedside lamp that was all that illuminated the bedroom. I made myself go slow, no matter how hard I wanted to just dive into that pussy and revel in its flavor and bouquet. Kissing my way up her thighs I could sense that aroma more clearly, making it even harder to not rush. But I could tell it was worth it, and her breathing shallowed as she held silent, watching me progress. At last, I simply kissed her labia gently, inhaling as I did so at the musky, heady scent. I kissed her again, letting the tip of my tongue loose to strum along her slit. Her lips were indeed swollen, and starting to part slightly on their own. I raised a hand to help them spread with a pair of fingers. Licking up the open slit, my tongue bumped over her surprisingly large and very swollen clit. She hissed in pleasure. I ran my lips over the bump, then wrapped them around it, sucking lightly. She moaned out I suckled lightly on the bundle of nerves, and let the two fingers spreading her lips sink inside of her. I curled them up and sought her most sensitive reaches. Oh, mon dieu, Reggie! You are very good at this. Patrice moaned, her voice obviously straining to stay low. Please do not stop. Please make me come. Give me the little death. Mouse still planted firmly between her legs. I tilted my head up to lock my eyes on hers. 
She looked back directly into my eyes and we held the gaze as I gave her what she wanted. As my tongue whipped and stroked, and my fingers found what they looked for, I held the gaze of her widening pupils until she suddenly froze, then jerked once, then froze again, then crushed her legs together against my shoulders. She bit her lip alarmingly hard and her eyes finally closed, rolling back into her head as the lids shut. I left my upper lip pressed against her clit and slid my tongue down into her above my fingers. Patrice spasmed hard on the edge of the chest of drawers, then, rather than fall off, she pushed herself off to her feet, and she rolled downward onto me, pining me beneath her on the carpet, abreast once more in my face that I was only too happy to feast once more on those responsive mounds, helping her let the rest of her body's spasms flow through her and away. In moments, she collapsed over me, her slender form suddenly heavy, as if it had gained mass. My Antina's one-year-old does the same thing. When he falls asleep, he seems to gain fifteen pounds. But Patrice was delicious dead weight for only moments. Then she slid her legs to the floor beside me, waiting until the very end to remove her elastic wonder from my lips. It now is my turn, no? She smiled, a hand sweeping down my belly to grasp my cock. She wagged her eyebrows at me as her grip closed around my member. Then she twisted toward my waist and gazed at the desperately swollen flesh in her grasp. She rubbed me up and down gently for a few strokes, before bending down to kiss my tip. I had leaked just a touch of pre-seminal fluid and she licked it away. She hummed in appreciation, then kissed my helmet once more. She kept that up for a while, which was fine by me. I had already observed that she was a great kisser. At last, she opened her mouth and slid my cock between her lips. I have said before that I may be only average in length, but I am very thick. It was immediately apparent that Patrice would have trouble getting much of me into her delicate little mouth, though God knows, she was making a pretty awesome try. She bobbed and bobbed, tilting her head from side to side and up and down, but she could not get very much of me in. She popped her head up and said to me in frustration, Your genome is a little big, my Reggie. I must improvise. I don't know if it required improvisation on her part or not. But what she, in fact, proceeded to do was demonstrate how unimportant depth of penetration is to truly spectacular head. She bathed me in kisses, wet kisses, and with licks, very wet licks, until my cock was drenched in her warm saliva. He hand wrapped smoothly around my sodden member and began to slide along its length with measured, perfectly firm strokes. As she worked, she focused her lips and her tongue just on the aching, swollen helmet of my manhood. I collapsed backward on the carpet as Patrice lavished me with incredible stimulation. I wanted to reach out with the hand on her side to cup and caress a dangling breast, but she had me on such a sensory overload that I just shook there on my back on the floor. Gonna come. I grunted. Like right now. Patrice just stroked harder. She did let my dick slip free of her lips, and she held her face over me. Somehow the necessity of not flat-out shrieking my approval as I came made the orgasm that much more powerful as I directed the energy of my knee to scream back inwards. I fountained upward like a geyser, spraying cum in a single, massive blast up against her beautiful, hovering face that I may have forgotten to breathe, or even how to breathe, for a moment there the way. Suddenly I was gasping for oxygen. Patrice sat up, still massaging my shaft, and smiled at me, a line of jizz streaking across her face. I stared at her in thanks as she slid on her knees over to her bedside and grabbed an already worn blouse from her suitcase. She quite happily used her shirt to wipe my spunk from her face and slid back toward me. I was now almost breathing normally, and she looked down at my softening member. Oh no! We can't have this! The Frenchwoman said swiftly, and she stroked my cock once more, 
bending to suckle on my head again. It was an unfamiliar sensation to have a woman so industriously work to keep me from softening, and it worked. When she found herself once more stroking steel, she smiled at me. I am glad I do not have to wait, she murmured. She leaned down to whisper in my ear. I hope that it does not shock you, but I always carry condoms with me in my travels. Sadly, I do not often get the chance to use them. But tonight I am going to put one on you. Her lips tugged at my earlobe. Does that sound good for you? Let me say that I am here for making your travels better. I laughed louder than I should have. She had grabbed the condom at the same time as she had grabbed her now come sodden blouse, and she tore open the package. She kissed my cock head yet again, then began to slowly unroll the sheath down over me. I'm never a fan of using a glove, but where needed, they are a must. And Patrice made the act of putting one on a sexual experience in and of itself. Each inch it covered on me was a sensuous journey, while her dangling lower fingers tickled and teased my balls. With the latex fully encasing me, she got onto her knees and straddled me. She grabbed my hands and placed them on her tits. I can get a hint. I circled her nipples with my fingers, then began to tug at those joyous buds, pinching them ever so lightly. Patrice hissed with pleasure and lifted my cock on a bed of her fingers to point at her sex. I tugged harder on her nipples as she sank downward, trapping me in her hot, throbbing interior. She looked as if part of her wanted to just sit there atop me, encompassing me. But most of her wanted to ride me, and majority rules, after all. She braced her hands, one atop the other, on the base of my rib cage and started sliding her way up and down. A as she rode me, all I could hiss to her was, You are fucking amazing, Patrice! This all is amazing! She panted atop me. I have never done anything so arousingly naughty as making love to a man in a friend's guest room while his family are directly underneath us. They are still here? I asked, only tangentially aware of their existence at all right then. Oh yes! Did you not hear them laughing just now? I was getting laid in the same house as my parents. That was, banishing the thought, I pushed my hips upward and began feverishly pumping up and into Patrice, slamming my cock up and into her hovering, hungry pussy. He delicate boobies bounced rhythmically as I slammed upward into her. Suddenly, she pushed down on my belly, stopping my movements. Hush! She whispered. Your bottom is slapping the floor. Can't have that. I replied and rolled her to the side. She nearly shrieked at the sudden movement, and actually pouted as I withdrew my cock. I pulled her up onto her hands and knees and slid behind her. We will be solid on the floor this way. I chuckled and pressed my cock between her legs. Patrice merely hung her head down, saying, That is a very good idea, my lover. As she pushed her hips backward, driving her pussy back and onto me, I grabbed her hips and began to fuck her in earnest. Each deep, Swift stroke was a fresh explosion of pleasure for me, and from how her body involuntarily responded, I sensed it was the same for her. The head of my cock stroked her inner walls, and I tilted it as best I could to hit her just right. I knew when it succeeded, because she instantly ground out. There! Right there! S'il vous plait! Then she was babbling on in French, saying I know not what, but sounding sexy, and thankfully still quiet, as she rambled, with the condom and having just come practically no time before, I should have had an easy time holding off the orgasm. I really should. Instead, as I knelt on the floor, pulling Patrice's sporty hips hard back into my cock, I nudged in extraordinarily powerful fashion. I filled the condom and despite the protective barrier, Patrice clearly felt the surge of my jizz, because shudders instantly racked her delicate frame. She grabbed the blouse once more. The poor garment, once an elegant blouse, and now a cum rag, 
was suddenly transformed into a gag which she jammed into her mouth to muffle the powerful vocalization that strained to leap forth that I slipped free from within her almost involuntarily, and like a felled tree, I tottered over onto my side, next to her. Amazingly, she had retained some semblance of self-control, and merely sank onto her own side next to me. In moments, we were kissing again, but very slowly now. There was no urgency, just gentle affection and attraction. After a bit, I felt a hand delicately stroke my now very soft cock, tugging the filled condom free. With a quick twist of her fingers to secure the contents, she tossed it into the trash. Then she leaned back, and instead of resuming our kiss, she bent and sucked my flaccid member clean. I think you are being over-optimistic there. I groaned. My cock was stubbornly shrunken, despite the wonderful sensations. Patrice had all of me in her mouth now, and worked her tongue around thoroughly. At last, she let me slide free, still glistening but quite clean of any residual semen. I wanted to take the opportunity to feel all of you in my mouth. I just could not do it before. Another burst of laughter came from downstairs. We both looked at each other and stifled giggles. And apparently, I have the opportunity to be patient, she added with a wink. You are not going anywhere for a while, I think. Getting up here without being caught had been hard enough, but getting back down and out at this point would be much harder, and impossible to explain away if, or when we got caught. Well then, it is a good thing that I have neither reason nor motivation to leave, isn't it? I murmured, pulling her toward me while rolling her onto her back, half superimposing myself atop her. It was a lovely way to pass the time, indulging in more of those lovely, languid kisses. I in our lives, we had shared perhaps half an hour of conversation and that in a group with Christy and my parents, followed by ten minutes of mutual seduction in the backyard, before we were ripping each other's clothes off. We hardly knew each other, and neither of us cared. This was just a magical, zipless experience for both of us, and I think neither wanted to ruin it with actual conversation, lest one of us say something to ruin it. I know that I certainly wanted to avoid that fate. So we did not talk, just kissed, stared at each other and further explored each other's bodies. We also listened for sounds from downstairs. I had no idea that my parents had this much to talk about with Christy. They are talking about us, I am guessing, I said softly, after another raucous laugh from below. A bien. But of course. We are scandalous. We slipped away, we fled our hostess without saying our goodbyes, left her party and went out to the discotheques. And we have only just met. I kissed her smiling face. And you must leave tomorrow, I added softly. Alas, yes, she said, still smiling, though just a touch more softly. This was what it was for both of us. That we would only be together once was a shame, but not a tragedy. And the togetherness was inspiring. Finally, we heard goodbyes being said from below. As we listened, Patrice's hand once more stole below my waist, as it had done from time to time while we lay together. This time, it found stirrings in response and I felt her lips curl upward against mine. At last. I was growing impatient. She purred. My shaft, now that it had reawoken, was hardening in her hand at a rapid pace, and she encouraged the process quite pleasantly. The front door closed loudly. I was fully hard again. Now let us hope that my friend is tired, and takes to her bed soon. Patrice said to me in a whisper. Won't it be easier for her to hear us if she comes up here? I asked, not entirely sure that Christy discovering us would be a bad thing, but making it obvious that we were here, and what we were up to, would not be gateway to threesome, but mood killer, I realized. Not that I would not tell Christy later, of course. I will need to offer my fulsome thanks, after all. 
and Patrice also probably would dish on our dalliance, for that matter. But there were forms to observe, and Christie needed to remain the conservative, almost prudish American to her co-worker.in the history of things that sucked, this was one of the things that sucked the most, yet mattered the least. Perhaps, Patrice shrugged, but my friend seems to take to her bathroom and shower endlessly each night before bed. Let us hope she does so tonight. The water will cover the noise when I finally get to fuck you. I do believe that finally is the wrong word in English, Patrice. No, no. She chuckled. Earlier, we made love. While that water runs, I want to fuck you. Thankfully, we almost immediately heard Christy come upstairs. I was sure that my mother had not left without ensuring things were all cleaned up after our visit. That was her way. We heard Christy pass the room we were in and enter her own master bedroom. Patrice spent the moments between her arrival upstairs and the sound of running water applying another condom in that same erotic fashion as the first. As the water ran, we both rose quickly and turned toward the bed. Before she could object, I lifted Patrice, she's a tall woman, if willowy, and that was not easy, and tossed her onto her back on the mattress. She let herself giggle out loud this time. In a flash, I was on the bed after her, looming over her, my knees between hers, and my arms braced on the mattress to either side. I dipped my hips low, and let my cock press eagerly against the wet and receptive lips of her pussy. Fuck. Me. She demanded. I slid into her. Though still magically tight, her body was more than receptive, and I thrust into her deeply from the first. I kept the pace slow but each penetration was hard and fast, followed by a pause and a slow withdrawal. Her face below me grew flushed swiftly in response to my repeated, powerful entry into her. I'm pretty sure I was grimacing from the effort I was putting in, and the control I was exerting to keep myself under control. Her long legs lifted into the air and wrapped themselves around the small of my back, giving me an angle for even deeper penetration. Her hands grasped my jawline and pulled me into another breath-robbing, tongue-battling kiss. Around our pressed lips and commingled tongues, I heard her order me. Fuck. Me. So much for controlling myself. I wanted, no, I needed to hammer my cock into her, and she needed me to do it. There were no teasing pauses, no slow withdrawals. I put it in and out of her as hard and fast as I could, squeaking mattress springs be damned. Fucking doesn't last as long as making love, I determined. Soon both of us were sodden. Sweaty messes, short on breath and long on arousal. Suddenly, Patrice grabbed my head even harder and screamed into my mouth, using me as a silencer while her body thrashed beneath me in sudden, magnificent release. I kept hammering, somehow keeping my own answering ejaculation at bay while I rode her through that wave of release, and the one that followed it doubt I was tottering on the edge of no longer being able to hold back, when a third orgasm took the woman beneath me. I groaned loudly gushing forth in a release of pleasure that left me gasping for oxygen. Please God, let Christie's shower still running. Somehow, in the aftermath, we got me dressed, and my hair in presentable shape should my parents still be up when I went home. I was obviously a sweaty mess, but now I looked as if I had been dancing all night, not fucking, probably. If you were not looking for it. My parents know that I don't dance, I said uncertainly. Nonsense! You were out at night with a Frenchwoman. There was dancing. Patrice laughed. There was also more kissing. Patrice opened her door silently, and we saw under the door that Christie's room was dark. We snuck down the stairs to the front door. One last kiss, and we opened the door noisily. I stepped out, and Patrice reminded inside. American men! She mused, shaking her head, then making a chef's kiss gesture to me. 
I must find excuses to come here more often. With a smile, we parted. When I got home, my parents were already in bed themselves. That was fairly early for them, as they both tended to be night owls, and I shied away from what early to bed might mean in this case. I swiftly went upstairs and leapt straight into the shower. I had a delicious aroma that I wanted to savor, but needed to be rid of, and I had good evidence that running water did a fair job of hiding the sound of any activities I'd rather not have to recognize. Asterisk in the morning, I got a text. Christy, Patrice says you had a great time out last night Christy, she is summoning her Uber now. I think she'd like to say goodbye I put down my coffee, and told my dad, who was still sitting at the breakfast table with me, reading his phone. Patrice is leaving for the airport. I think I'll say goodbye. I'll come say goodbye as well, he replied rising. He looked at mom. Coming? No, I'll finish here, she said. You two go ogle the Frenchwoman and say au revoir for me. I hastened outside, my father annoyingly following behind. Patrice and Christy were standing on the grass in front of the front porch and we ambled over. We all chatted casually about Patrice's visit and the prospect of her transatlantic flight while we waited for the car. Only once did her eyes and mine meet in a glance of understanding, but it was enough that a beat-up Chrysler minivan rolled up, and the driver swiftly moved to help Patrice with her bag. And just like that, she was gone. Well, see you this weekend at the pool party, Christy said to us and turned to head back into her house. Lovely woman. My father observed as we walked back to our yard. Shame you only met her the day before she left. I think she had the hots for you, boy, sneaking off like that. Just a couple of days more and you'd have scored, I think. You just wish she'd been her long enough to expand your sex life vicariously through me. I snarked. Son, I have all the sex I need right here, said my father waving his hands smugly. I winced. It was bad enough he had to say that, but I got extra nervous at how expansive that wave had been as it seemed like it encompassed much of the neighborhood, not just the house to which we were returning. A few minutes later, I got another text. Christy, tomorrow, right after work. Me, I thought we didn't do appointments. Christy, no watching tomorrow. No performance. Your parents noticed nothing last night, but I know the sounds my house makes. You are absolutely going to tell me each and every detail of last night there was a pause. Christy, with your dick planted so far in me, I'm pinned to the bed. Chapter 04 It had been a most interesting experience, describing every minute detail of my time with her co-worker to Christy, all, as requested, with my dick firmly buried inside my blonde neighbor. Jesus! She is a freak! Christy had exclaimed, without a trace of irony in her voice as she ate up every detail while I plowed her from behind. The only drawback of the storytelling was how I needed to fight for breath to keep talking toward the end. I was home and showered before either parent made it home from work. While I waited for them, I did prep for dinner. My mother had graciously allowed me to cook that Monday, and I was going to serve sous vide pork chops, browned in our deep fryer. I felt like it was a good night to once again take a shot at showing my parents that I really had learned to be an adult since going away to college in the first place. While I prepped, I took the opportunity to rev up Christy in advance of the next time I had a chance to spy on her that I had done a little work on my laptop to cure it, crop, and color balance several of the best photographs I had so successfully taken of her and Patrice on the beach, editing together a little clip of them taking their tops off, filtered to look like grainy spy footage, instead of the perfectly clear spy footage it really was that I held them all back though, in case I needed to really tease Christy, or reward her. Instead, I texted a glorious, ultra-high-resolution shot of her sitting topless on the beach, 
soaking in the sun after I vacuum-sealed the chops and a dose of their marinade, I texted her a photo of Patrice, similarly attired. With the word bonus attached I diced some veggies and shot her a second photo of herself, rubbing sunscreen onto her bare tits. Those last three shots had to tell her where I had been sitting. I wondered if she would acknowledge that fact. I got caught up with cutting and dropping the fries into the fryer to blanch them. I would give them a second drop in the oil right before we sat down to eat. When I was done, I found replies. Christy, quit watching me, creep. Christy, this has to be you. She then sent me a photo from her own phone, one I had not noticed her taking. She could do the sneaky bit as well, apparently. There I was, sitting sideways to her on my beach towel, floppy hat covering my zinc-covered face, and that loose tee with the Ohio State logo on it, plain as day. And she had circled the dude thirty feet beyond me in a blue beach cover-up and ball cap, playing with a radio or something. Christy, you must have a damned good lens in that radio, you perv. Don't you dare watch me any more. I honestly giggled uncontrollably, and was still chuckling when my mother came into the house, home early from work. You look industrious she said, eyeing my preparations. What have we here? Nothing to concern you, lady, I said sternly. Tonight, the kitchen is mine. Go make yourself a drink or something, and play some candy crush. I'll wait on the drink for your father, she said seriously. She looked out the back window. I think I'll take a dip in the poo instead. She looked at me with a mischievous smile. Your father likes it when I'm having a dip when he comes home. Of course, he likes it a lot more when you are not in residence. Mom! Not you too. Dad is bad enough. She laughed, went to open the back door, then paused and turned to go upstairs. I suppose I really ought to wear a suit today, she said as if to herself. Mom! Yes, I had planned to save the video for later, but I needed to wash my mind clear of my mother's talk about sex with Dad. I shot the edited clip off to Kristen. I'm watching you, said the title credits, over a shot of the camera panning across them unaware. Always, it said, over an excessively blown-up close-up in slow motion of her lifting her bikini top free. I added a similar clip of Patrice, peeling down her own suit top. And a known with you, was the overlay. I finished with another clip as the camera walked by them, this time with their tops off. Always watching. I shivered after watching it again. Sexy but just little creepy, especially since I had added no sound. I hope she liked it. I sent her the version with the film grain and digital noise, and in a very low resolution. I had a 4K version, of course, for my own enjoyment, but if the cards fell right, I might enjoy it with her. I hoped she did not expect me to follow up my shenanigans tonight, because I was showing off for my parents. And it would be good to make her wait. My father came home, and he must have caught sight of mom out by the pool, reading. I looked out. Fuck, she was wearing that bikini again. When the hell had that become a thing? Look, I am not attracted to my mother. I have a million problems, but that ain't one. I'm just acutely uncomfortable with the idea that she is a sexual being with anyone. As I've said earlier, my parents are not air conditioning fanatics, and despite the heat, there were windows open. Having a dip? Nice, I heard my father say. Where is he? He asked in a lower tone. In the kitchen, making dinner like he threatened to yesterday. Oh, goody. I'll stand by with the takeout menu from the Golden Walk then. Don't be an ass, Larry. He really did seem sure of himself. My mother said reprovingly, Thanks, Mom. A vote of parental support was nice. But yeah, I keep the menu handy. She added, ruining the effect. Once I had things staging up nicely, I asked Dad to make us all drinks and I did my final steps, 
getting everything to the table as hot as the sidecars my father had whipped up were cold. Well, damn, my father said, after trying a bit of everything, then digging in hard to the pork. How the hell did you cook these big, thick chops like this? Sous vide. I shrugged, inwardly gloating. Well, duh, my father said. He is just young enough to have used that phrase when my age, and could carry it off without looking tragically like a tempting hipness. But the crust is amazing, and that is usually hard to pull off while keeping the inside uniformly done. I learned to cook from both my parents. As a kid I had benefited from their occasional competitiveness in the kitchen, at the dinner table and in my own culinary education. Actually, I'm curious about your method too. My mom added, completely unironically this time that I smiled. I pat them real dry when they come out of the bag, and then deep fry them at a high oil temp before I back it back down to 350 to cook the fries for their second pass. Damn boy, my father said between mouthfuls. I was happy. Even the asparagus was roasted just right, and I had had my doubts about carrying that one off. You cook like this for women, and you will be a very popular man at Emory. No way, I laughed. I'd rather they know I'm set up well enough to pay for nice dinners than let them know I can cook. Why do you say that, for heaven's sake? Mom exclaimed. Because if word gets around that I can cook, I'll be cooking all the damn time. I can see his point, Dad said to Mom. Just as an example, he is going to cook a lot more from now on while he is still here. Ugh. Still, my mother said, I know you aren't looking for love at grad school, but if you do find one worth keeping— this kind of food will be very nice golden handcuffs. Sure. Don't talk about the golden handcuffs in front of the boy. Histiad.my food was too good to let dad ruin my meal. I just ate in silence and tried not to let him see how that got to me. His laugh told me that I'd failed. Asterisk I just made myself a PB&J sandwich for lunch the next day, preparing to sneak over to Christie's and hopefully get caught once her workday was over. But when I peeked over before leaving the house... I saw that her car was not in her driveway. Crap. She had gone out. She was allowed that, of course. She couldn't spend her every off hour prancing around naked for my perverted viewing pleasure, though I certainly wanted her to try. The problem was, I had gotten myself worked up. Worse, I had no idea when she would be back. And why father got home first that evening, finding me where I had spent the afternoon, on the couch in the living room by the front window where I could just see Christie's driveway, the still empty driveway. On the plus side, I had finished my book and was reading Adweek on my tablet. Since when do you sit in the living room? He asked. I haven't in forever. I shrugged. Just felt like it. He nodded. He got that I was doing things this summer just to have done them one more time. Sounds good. Listen, I had a minor victory at work today, and I am taking your mother out to Bertolucci's this evening to celebrate. I hope you do not mind that you are not invited. I am cut to the quick, Dad, but I would pass anyway on the opportunity to watch you nuzzle her out in public, thank you. I said drilly. I'll take care of myself, thanks. He chuckled and made off to freshen up and get ready for Mom to get home. Now I had the evening free. That meant there was still a chance today to hopefully have Christy take care of my horniness. If it didn't happen, I was definitely going to need to take care of myself. I read on, dumping Adweek soon after, and indulged myself with funny videos on YouTube. Mom came home, was suitably pleased to be going out, got herself dolled up, and away the two went, even though their reservation was not for hours. The only bad part of my life at that moment was that there was still no sign of Christie's car. I was dying by the time it finally showed up, and the sun was already setting. 
It occurred to me that I had never spied on Christy after dark. Hopefully this would be a cool new wrinkle, if she didn't just go to bed right away. She did have to get up at four every morning. I finished the interview I was watching about the eternally delayed new Aquaman movie. It wasn't that interesting, but I wanted to make myself wait to draw out the anticipation. I also wanted Christy to get settled into whatever she would be up to that evening, and hopefully start thinking about whether I might be out there, stalking her. Alternatively, if she was going to go straight to bed, I wanted to be able to tell, so I wouldn't mess up her sleep. I was horny, not inconsiderate. The video ended at last, and I got off the couch, stretching. I grabbed my good camera, just in case. A good perv is ready in case something particularly worth photographing comes along, right? I had really built up my anticipation at least, and I stepped out the front door, looking around for a second, then looped quickly around the side to slip in through her now always ajar side gate. There were no lights on outside, but light did pour out from the rear windows of the house on the first floor. Nice. I had never spied at night before, and I had never successfully spied on her inside her house from outside before. Hopefully she was cooking herself a late dinner. At the very least, there seemed to be motion in the light coming from the kitchen that I slid slowly around and up the steps of her low deck. It took forever to move stealthily and keep below the window sills to get into position. I was hoping to be caught tonight, but I hoped not immediately. And I wanted it to be at least plausibly accidental when I did that I peeked up over the windowsill of the kitchen and almost immediately gave myself away. I was feeling physical pain at restraining my gleeful voice and my physical urge to dance a jig. I had never actually danced a jig before, and had no idea how, but my body really wanted to try. Christy was indeed in the kitchen, and indeed cooking dinner. But she could not have more obviously wanted to be spied on that evening if she'd hung a sign out front that read, Free Peep Show in Rear. She had a surprisingly utilitarian apron on that was nevertheless the single greatest garment in history, because it was the only garment she wore. The apron tied around behind her at the base of her back, and wrapped across her front down to the knees. It covered her hips as well, but left her gorgeous, tight, bubbly little ass completely exposed, but for the dangling strings of the tie, one of which nestled neatly between her cheeks. The bib of the apron looped around the back of her neck and while nominally covering her chest, the side boob was unbelievably extensive and excruciatingly hot. She had music playing quietly in the kitchen and was dancing to it as she prepped some simple dish. I could hear the music clearly, as she had even left her back windows open halfway. That meant that I could take pictures without dusty glass to reduce the quality. Oh, fuck yes, tonight would be epic. I lifted the camera and took a shot. One shot. Reggie! Is that really you? What are you doing? came a voice from behind me. Things did not register immediately in my head. I dropped down from the window instinctively, not wanting to be seen by Christy when she reacted to the voice outside. But I was already comprehending that getting caught by Christy was not going to be my issue that night. I had been seen by someone else. And why had whipped in the direction of the voice, and things got worse. Frankly, I could tell instantly that they could not have gotten any more worse than this. In the moment, I found myself wishing that it had been my mother. For Chris Aches. I saw Sandy fucking Hammond, the chief tattletale of the neighborhood. She was walking determinately toward me, up onto the deck from the same direction that I had come earlier, between me and escape through the gate. Not that escape was any longer an option. She was genuinely shocked and upset but I could also see that little fucking gleam you see in the eyes of a narc when they know they have a juicy situation at hand. Crap. I was done for, but I needed to make sure that at least Christy could retain plausible deniability. She almost certainly had heard Sandy and bolted, but if not, I raised my voice. 
Sandy, what brings you over here? What brings me? What brings you? Sandy exclaimed. I could just hear that snitch's glee warring with the genuine anger in her voice. Uh, my parents are out for the evening, and I thought I'd come say hi, instead of watching TV by myself. Pull the other one, Reggie. Is that why you are cowering down under Ms. Gaines's kitchen window? You startled me. With a camera? She added hotly, warming to her role as avenging angel. Is that why you were pointing a camera into her house and, were you touching yourself? I was not touching myself. I lied hotly. I had definitely been touching myself. But only a little. It is hard to operate a really good camera one-handed. What are you spying on anyway? Is she just making dinner or what? What's giving you jollies about that? Sandy sneered. Did she just have a swim? Even in those boring bathing suits she wears, she looks pretty good. Is that what you wanted to see? This conversations was going south fast, and it had started in Argentina. I can't believe that you are such a perv. I can't believe that we have a perv living in our neighborhood. She exclaimed, now thoroughly enjoying her anger. I can't wait to hear what Christy has to say. Oh, so she is Christy now? I snapped. Ha! Christy! Sandy called toward the house. Christy, you should come out here and see this. You were being spied on. Fuck. I hope the spearmans on the other side were not home. At least Christy would have had the time by now to slip out of the kitchen. I would not have to deal with her having to pretend outrage at me, at least not until she had gotten properly dressed. The back door swung open inward and Christy stepped out languidly to the porch, leaning back against the door frame. She had most definitely not changed her outfit. All that side boob at least had the virtue of shutting Sandy up cold. Well, hello, Sandy, Christy said sternly. I certainly did not expect you to be back here this evening. Sandy's eyes were falling out of her head, staring at our neighbor in that apron. She clearly was only now coming to grips with just how great a body Christy had and it was impossible to miss that body right now. And coming to grips with that was hard, what with all the coming to grips Sandy was doing, coming to grips with having caught a peeping Tom coming to grips with being confronted herself by her half-naked neighbor, and coming to grips with not hearing any shrieking or outrage from said neighbor about all the other mind-bending revelations she was coming to grips with, unsuccessfully. Her mouth worked wordlessly. Getting a grip was not happening. Despite the general shittiness of the situation, which had not been materially improved by Christie's appearance, I mean, her appearance improves everything, but it was a minor pleasure to see Sandy's mouth hanging open, working noiselessly in shock. You seem upset, Sandy, Christy said, her voice still quietly confrontational. I knew her well enough by now to know that she was anything but calm. I did not know how she did it. I? He? She pointed at me. He was peeping on you, Miss Gaines. She shrugged. Oh, Reggie? We have a little game we play, she said offhandedly. I'm more concerned on why you are in my backyard uninvited, young lady. That brought the little bitch up short. I? I was back here because I saw a prowler. I saw him. She pointed at me defensively. A likely story. I think you wanted a little excitement of your own. Christy told her sternly. Then she shook her head and relaxed a little. I suppose we don't have to tell your parents this time. Tell mine? What about? Wait. She almost wailed. Christy took a step toward her, which exposed her entire back and backside to me. Again, shitty situation, wonderful element. Christy reached out and grasped our snitch's upper arm, none too gently. Sandy's eyes widened at her half-naked neighbor touching her, much less grabbing her. 
As I said, Reggie was invited unlike you. He and I play a little game. It's just for fun. He spies on me, I spy on him. She was telling her about us. Wait, what was this about her spying on me? It was about to be my turn when you showed up and rather ruined the mood, Christy said grimly, but with an emerging touch of wry humor. It really was inappropriate for you to have come back here, but I suppose you thought you meant well. Sandy actually nodded spastically, eyes wide. Christy paused. I tell you what, you can take a look as we try to get things going again. She added as if she had just conceived of the idea. You will see how groundless your self-important feelings were, and I won't have to tell your parents to make sure it doesn't happen again. Sandy wanted to bristle at self-important, but quickly deflated at the repeated threat to tell her parents. I knew damn good and well that the last thing Christy was going to do was talk to Sandy's parents, but I also remembered how terrifying the thought had been to me. Reggie, Christy said to me. I bemusedly looked back, still trying to figure out simultaneously what she was trying to pull, if or when she had ever spied on me, and whether or not she was going to pull off an escape from this situation. It is your turn in the kitchen. Why don't you go make me something? She tapped her chin idly, sliding her arm around Sandy's shoulder. I'd like some toast. Make me some toast. And Sandy? She asked the girl who looked trapped now under her arm not quite able to keep from darting scared glances at the expansive side bib inches from her own chest. Would you like some toast too? Christy looked at me hard. Two slices of toast, lots of butter. And you know how you should make them. Really? Wait. Really? The look in Christy's eyes told me really. This was the only way out. I stood up and turned toward the back door. I need the camera, said Christy, genuine merriment creeping into her voice alongside the still carefully concealed fear. This could still go very badly if Sandy bolted. Numbly, I handed the SLR to her. I stepped into her home and out of sight from any back windows to have a few seconds of total panic, but I got a hold of myself quickly. If this was Christie's play, then so be it. She seemed to have some plan batshit crazy, but a plan. I had been, and still was, clueless of what to do about our most noctastic of neighbors. I took a breath and turned to the kitchen. Wait, really? I tugged my shirt off over my head and dropped true. For a night like this, I had obviously omitted underwear. Standing there, naked in my sneakers, I had another problem. I might be terrified and embarrassed, but my cock was apparently not taking calls from my brain, and it was tumescent as a harvest moon. Well, here we go. I walked back into the kitchen, pretending to be alone and unobserved, hard dick waving its way through the door ahead of me. I rummaged in the cabinets for bread and filled the toaster. Pushing down the button, I realized that not only was the situation not making my dick relax, I was getting a pretty good thrill at being watched myself. If our world did not implode this evening, I might ask to try this again, without the hot little tattletale to contend with. Not quite sure what to do with myself while the bread toasted, I did what I would have hoped Kirsty would have done, put on a show. I stretched my arms up over my head and leaned from one side to the other. I almost froze when I heard whispering behind me from the window. Oh boy. Rather than discovering them, I just turned around toward them, and kept stretching, this time with Fat Fred and the fuzzballs pointing right at the women. I let it bob around a bit excessively. Really, meant really. If this was the plan, it was going to fail because I couldn't embarrass Sandy. Christy has a lot of chrome and polished steel in her kitchen, and I finally found a surface that gave me a blurry reflection of the window where I had been peeping earlier. The first thing I saw was the round outline of the camera lens. Thank God, Sandy wasn't freaking out about that. In fact, she wasn't freaking out about anything, 
which was almost too much to have hoped for. Holy shit. The head behind that camera had dark hair. Christy had given my camera to Sandy, and it was she who was taking pictures. I did jump at that realization. My dick jumped along with me, of course. I heard the lens bump softly against the sill. Sandy Hammond was watching me parade around naked in someone else's kitchen. Sandy Hammond, the little twerp who had busted me drinking beer whom I had almost busted for buying the same a few days earlier. The twerp who had just busted me again, but was sure as hell not little anymore. Were knocks worse if they were painfully hot? My dick did not care. I swore it was getting harder. I started doing a few of the basic standing yoga poses I had learned using the We Fit My Parents bot, and then abandoned back when I was in high school. The camera lens did not move from me. The toaster popped up, and I almost hated to turn away from my watchers. I did not care if Christy and I had to move to Borneo to get away from the shame. I would fuck her hard the whole way there. I buttered the toast, like it was some magical culinary ritual, and turned with the slices toward the window. Sandy instinctively tried to shy away from the window, but Christine behind her held her in place. I jumped eyes wide. Oh shit! I grunted hunching down to cover my cock. I made sure to do so unsuccessfully. The point was still to put on a show, and if in doing so, I suggested that my cock was too big to conceal, so much the better. You! I hissed. I straightened, my anger overcoming my modesty and I strode back outside. Ignoring Christy, I looked angrily at Sandy. Now I can't even have any privacy indoors in the neighborhood from little girls like you, I said crisply. I'll bet there are pictures, naked pictures of me on that camera. Give it here. I stuck out my hand for my camera, and Sandy clearly did not want to give it up. But it was my camera. I took it from her and fired up the review function. Wow. Not B-A-D-dot-A-S I looked. I held out my hand idly and in a normal voice said, Toast anybody? Christy took a slice, and almost in a daze, Sandy took another. I had the last one. Fuck, it was kind of hot, looking at surreptitious pictures of myself. Not bad toast, actually. Christy said, polishing hers off. Now see, Sandy? It is just a game. You really shouldn't be concerned about it. I, yeah, I guess, Sandy said, her toast uneaten. I am hurt, I said to Sandy mockingly. Isn't my toast good enough for you? I couldn't believe I was opening my mouth and piling on the pressure, but I was pretty sure at this point that we were going to get away this. Sandy had done far too much to squeal. It was going to be nuclear hot once we sent her home now. I could barely contain myself from drinking in Christy. Now it is your turn, Christy said to Sandy who had almost tentatively taken a bite of the toast. My turn? Her turn? Don't you want to try? Christine asked her while shooting me a quelling look. Look at how excited being spied on got Reggie, she said, jerking her thumb in the direction of my extravagant direction. Sandy stared. Hard. And then she almost unwillingly nodded her head. Go make the three of us vodka martinis, Christine said, pointing to the kitchen. Martinis? I don't know how, Sandy said, apparently clinging to the cocktail question to keep from dealing with the decision about this strange game. You don't? High time you learned, Christy said briskly. There is a little measuring cup by the cocktail shaker on the counter beside the refrigerator. The vodka is overhead, with the glasses. Put six ounces in the shaker, and fill it with ice. Cap it and shake it really hard, really long. She paused. The shaking part should really be a big part of the show, Sandy. She added softly. Sandy looked at her like a scared animal, who had no options. She could have walked away any time.
part of me wanted to encourage her to do so. The engorged reproductive organ part of me very much wanted her to act as if she indeed had no choice. Almost in a trance, she walked into the kitchen. A as she entered, Christine called softly. Hey Siri, play in the club playlist. She and I knelt by the window as Sandy walked into the kitchen as girls, 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 the most obvious stripper song in history started playing. She looked at the home pod on the counter in the kitchen like it was a rabid dog, and trembled. But holy shit, she started dance a little. Oh yeah, I heard Christy mutter. I just knelt by the window fingers nervously holding my camera. Sandy did not have a very clear idea of how to dance like a stripper, but she did try. And she had certainly looked at enough of the right music videos to have some idea. She swayed her hips and undulated her sweet little bod. Come to think of it, she danced okay. I was certainly going to give it five stars if she kept it up. What she did not know how to do was strip. She picked at her clothes awkwardly, both unsure how she should shed them, and more to the point, whether she should shed them to begin with. But she was revved hopelessly, and I could see her determination to play the game hardening her eyes. I knew the look. The little blouse she wore went up and over her head, twirled in her hand and flew to the kitchen table. She wore the cutest shiny blue brow, with just a touch of lace outlined the cups. Her bouncy handfuls bounded in the cups of the bra, threatening to leap out over the top as she danced around. She turned away from us as she reached back for the strap behind her, adding just a bit of tease good instincts there. I felt Christy elbow me, and I realized that I was not using the camera. If pictures didn't keep her quiet later, nothing would. I lifted the lens and took a shot, just as she dropped the bra and turned back around. At that moment, Rockin' in Atlanta at Tattletales sang out of the music. Nice. I could not help but hiss quietly, using the zoom liberally. Oh yeah, Christy said beside me. I felt, rather than saw her shake her head. Damn, this girl is too young for me. She murmured. For you? I snorted back. She is too young for me. I stopped taking pictures for a moment in shock. Wait, for you? I looked at her. Well, I'm hoping that she can be too young for both of us, aren't you? Christy grinned, not taking her eyes from Sandy. What? The. Actual. Fuck? Take pictures. She hissed. And too young for you or no, if we can get her to wet this magnificent thing. She whispered, brushing my cock briefly. We will be safe for sure. Sandy had summoned the courage to push down her skirt, exposing a pair of remarkably utilitarian undies. Dancing topless in her neighbor's kitchen in those had clearly not been her plan. But dance she did, becoming more into it as she went. Interestingly, she had started out nervously and reluctantly not looking toward the windows. But now she was acting as if she was happy not to. Boring panties or no, Sandy was fucking hot. Think you could fall on that grenade, soldier? Christy giggled. Her tension was gone now. This was now about fun. First of all, what the fuck? I whispered, camera still working. And second, I distinctly remembering you dismissing the idea of a threesome three goddamn days ago. I dismissed the idea of a threesome with my coworker. What are you, an idiot? She snorted. You shook me all night long came on next. Sandy seems to realize that her panties were an embarrassment. It made her seem to be all the more accepting of pushing them off, so I was not complaining. Here's to boring panties. You really think you can get her to play with me? With both of us? I asked. I'd say she already is playing, Christy said. The question is how far she'll go. I'm pretty sure you are getting lucky tonight. We will see if I will manage it too, she added softly, 
there really were depths to Chrysid I had not plumbed. Well, I am your faithful wingman in this, I said, smiling as I took pictures of the cutest little bush emerging from the panties. I will back your every play. My hero, Christy chuckled. You have not lived the voyeur's life of Riley until you have observed a naked nineteen-year-old girl with a narrow little waist and a bouncy round booty twerking with her hands on her knees to you shook me all night long fortunately. Lest my cock explode from overinflation, Sandy remembered the cocktails. I relaxed a fraction, but then suddenly, Christy let her hand snake out and gently wrap around said sorely swollen member dot if this worked, I was going to seriously revise my opinion of snitches, especially when they were hot, and not bad people otherwise. Sandy walked to the counter and picked up the shaker, examining how it worked. She shrugged and opened the cabinet to get out the big white bottle of vodka. Looking at the little measuring cup, she shrugged and just poured a bunch of vodka into the shaker. Christy and I looked at each other and shook our heads. These were going to be big martinis. She added ice and started shaking it, turning around toward as she did so, and trying to keep time with hot for teacher. She held the shaker straight up and down and shook it violently, like it was one of those shake weight things that it is an absolutely idiotic looking way to shake drinks. But when you are a 19-year-old, naked girl, with generous, bouncy, upturned and pointy tits, you can carry off the look, let me tell you. I switched to video on the camera. Yes. Yes, I did. I'm not ashamed of anything. Damn it. My camera has a slow motion function, and I had the presence of mind to change to that before Sandy finished her mixing. Those perky tits wobbled up and down swiftly, changing shape enchantingly as they bounced. Her nipples were surprisingly brown, unsurprisingly hard, and surrounded by a crown of lighter brown oriole that puffed out lightly themselves in her excitement. Watching this as slow and mo later was going to be epic. She shook the drinks for far too long but I could hardly complain about that either. Finally, as the song wound down and David Lee Roth warbled, I think of all the education that I've missed, but then my homework was never quite like this. Sandy turned and reached up for three martini glasses that I bit my lip and mumbled. That ass. Wait, it was Christy who said that, not me. Sandy fumbled with the shaker, but got the top off. She strained the vodka into three glasses, sort of evenly. The song ended and she called out, Hey Siri, pause. Then she braced her hands on the counter and hung her head for a moment. That bouncy round ass shook just a little. I know you are out there, looking at me. You might as well come in and have a drink, she said, turning her head slightly to look at us out of the corner of her eye. We looked at each other and shrugged. We rose together and walked inside. She was playing the game in earnest now, making her own contributions. Fuck yeah, I was getting laid for sure. Probably. How'd I do? Sandy asked Christy, ignoring my opinion, which was making itself known between my legs. I don't know, Christy said, deliberately misunderstanding. Give me a glass and I'll tell you. Sandy jumped and handed her a martini unsteadily. I leaned past her, coming close but not touching, to take another. We both raised our glasses toward her and waited. Sandy looked uncertain, taking the third glass. I'm not old enough to drink, she said. Really? Christy said looking up and down her naked, delicious body in the middle of the kitchen. Being old enough to drink is your line to not cross. To games, I said, raising my glass. Christy raised hers as well, and Sandy tremulously picked up the third. I knocked mine back in two swallows. Christy downed hers in three dots. Sandy just shot hers down in one gulp, then gasped like she had just doused herself with rocket fuel. Her eyes watered and she coughed. Overall, I thought she handled it pretty well. Now, now what? Sandy asked timidly, 
as if she had some ideas, and was afraid she ought not to have them. The fact that she wasn't running away from those ideas seemed auspicious that we all stood there though, all hesitant that I looked at Sandy, standing there in her Nikes and nothing else. I stood in the same group, in nothing but my converses. And there was Christy, in her apron and wow, how had I missed the high heels. I don't know, Sandy, I said carefully. But to start with, I'd say Christy is overdressed. Want to help me with that? Sandy at that moment had finally let her eyes rest solidly on my cock, and she looked to be having trouble dealing with it being out in the open right in front of her. The chance for a distraction seemed tailor-made for her equilibrium. Then she looked at Christy in that apron, luscious boobs almost hanging out both sides, and she was all confused again. Clearly, she knew how to handle naked me, in a manner of speaking at least. Being naked with Christy was... I wondered if it was exhilarating or terrifying that I was pretty sure that Christy was hoping for both, which was a surprise in and of itself to me. I know I had teased her about Patrice, and she had taken it quite equanimously, but I had not seen her drooling over a teenage girl coming. Christy was suddenly being very quiet. I think she recognized the tipping point and thought it best that the somehow non-threatening male take the lead. Here, I said with excitement and good humor in my voice. You loosen the bow behind her back and I'll take it off over her head. I say we don't give her the option. I calmly reached up and touched the neckband of the apron, looking at her. Sandy jumped, flushed, and grinned a moment, a look of relief flitting across her face at taking some tiny measure of control back from the older woman. Then she slid her hand around behind Christy and tugged at the bow. The apron went slack. Take a look, I said, grinning even more broadly. I waited a beat, which was all it took for Sandy to give in to her curiosity and step beside me. I lifted the apron over Christie's head and tossed it away. Now we were all naked in our shoes. Sandy looked a little intimidated again. I didn't blame her. Christie naked is intimidating, especially if you only had ever seen her in her stylish but shapeless everyday wardrobe. Sandy had nothing to be ashamed about next to any woman, and had the amazingly taut and smooth skin that still growing into her adult body provided. She was gorgeous, too. But Christie was both naturally lovely and well-engineered. Then she took a breath. We were all naked now, and it seemed to let her feel like she was on a more even footing with Christy. And now? Sandy asked again, actually smiling. What did you call him earlier? A dirty little perv? Christy shrugged. You caught him, red-handed, spying on you. He is in your power. Make him do what you want. Sandy looked at me. Well, she looked at my cock mostly. She seemed unwilling to take a dominant role. But, he caught me spying on him first. She looked at me expectantly, her eyes filled with trepidation, mixed with expectation. Well then doubt I, at least, had a good role model in Christie for how to proceed, I hoped. That's right, isn't it? I said, putting iron in my voice. You did spy on me like some kind of voyeur, didn't you? I think you even took pictures of me, of my nakedness, didn't you? Didn't you? I snapped, when she did not immediately respond. I did, Sandy said. Did you like it? Sandy just looked down, probably at my cock, and nodded. I'll just bet you did, you dirty girl. I snapped. I'll bet you will remember it. I'll bet you want to keep those pictures too, don't you? But it wasn't, wait, really? Sandy asked, suddenly taken with the idea of having those pictures that she had taken. Oh yeah. Maybe I'll let you keep the ones you took. I said. But think about how you are such a dirty girl, spying on me like that, with your dirty thoughts. Show me how dirty you are, and you can have the pictures. Christy was just watching the whole thing play out, 
standing behind Sandy, half crowding her, half supporting her. I, I can be dirty, Sandy said. Then she smiled a little. I'm feeling really dirty right now. With that, she pushed me softly backward, pressing my ass against the counter edge. She leaned forward and kissed the center of my chest, then moved downward, kissing my center line as she dropped. Now on her knees, she kissed my head briefly, then began to stroke her fingertips along and around my cock. As if remembering Christy for the first time, she murmured, He is really fat, isn't he? He's a big boy. Christy allowed, encouragingly. But you can handle him. Sandy actually turned and grinned at her. Oh, I know I can handle it. I'm just enjoying the moment. She added sudden, surprising confidence in her voice. With that, our young interloper turned back and slid her lips around my glance. I shuddered at the amazing circumstance of yet another new set of lips encasing my cock, then shuddered harder as she took more of me into her mouth, tongue pressing against me eagerly. Jaws opened wide, Sandy bobbed up and down on me, quite assertively. I felt saliva dripping down my length, but she made no move to stroke my shaft, merely letting one hand rest gently alongside my balls as she moved her head, and she just kept bobbing away, taking me deeper and deeper, until suddenly she inhaled deeply. A moment later I found myself with her lips wrapped snugly around the very base of my shaft, and my tip nestled deep in her throat. She didn't even choke, Christine did though. Wow! she exclaimed. You fucking go, girl! Sandy did indeed go. She never choked, but there were plenty of gurgling sounds and the wet noises of penetration as she essentially fucked me with her throat. Honestly, at first I was so busy marveling at how Christy and I had not only gotten away with being caught, but had turned it so spectacularly to my advantage, not to mention simply being impressed with Sandy's oral skills, that it didn't really register in my conscious mind how fucking incredible the feeling was of this blowjob. Until that moment, I had always kind of thought of deep-throating as some kind of myth or carnival trick that IT did not take long, however, before my dick was crowding all other thoughts from my brain with its constant carols of ecstasy. Oh, for Chris sakes, Sandy. I groaned at some point. This is fucking incredible. With my dick so deep inside her mouth, she could not look up at me in reply, but her fingers began to massage my balls in earnest that I was so goddamned revved, and she was so goddamned good, I was not going to last long. Not at all. Gonna come. I gasped out, holding back for all I could. I felt my cock slide free of her throat, but not her mouth, as Sandy simply shifted to an assault on my helmet with her tongue as she kept bobbing me shallowly inside her dot I tried to hold on. I really did. I wanted to enjoy this unexpected oral mastery for longer, much longer. But that was just not going to happen, especially not with Christy lightly massaging her firm, round hits right on the periphery of my vision. Sandy felt me tremble and started sucking on me like a straw. I felt the mind-dimming surge hit me, and I started filling her mouth. I gasped in delicious agony and my hips bucked hard. She took my single, hard thrust with ease, my final jet shooting straight down her throat. She did choke at that, but only a little dot and my body slumped back against the counter's edge. Sandy kept my cock in her mouth while she swallowed, then let my already sagging and spent manhood slip free at last. She smiled up at me but for a tear or two in the corner of her eyes, her face was fresh and dry. Nary a drop of cum had escaped her lips. Oh wow, thank you. I breathed shallowly, looking down at her and caressing her pretty face. That was amazing, Sandy. So, am I forgiven for spying on you? Sandy smirked at me. Forgiven? interjected Christy. I think you just showed what a dirty girl you are, 
and how much a girl like you needs to keep those pictures, she added with a laugh. But, I said immediately, you did catch me peeping on you, too? Oh, she said archly, are you going to show me what a dirty little boy you are, as if I didn't know already? Oh, I haven't begun to show you how dirty a perv I am. I laughed, snatching her up in my arms. Sandy was short and slight of form, but she still wasn't light. I perched her on my hip for support and rushed with her into the living room. I wanted to stride purposefully, but I even more did not want to show weakness by dropping her prematurely, thus the rushed out I plopped her down in the middle of the couch and sank instantly to the floor before her. She squirmed and giggled, but let me pry her legs apart with only a token struggle. But then her eyes widened as I bent forward and licked wetly along her inner thigh. Holy shit! Our girl exclaimed. She smelled, like almost nothing, she was so fresh down there. I wanted to tease. I wanted to torture her. But I mostly just wanted to dive in, so I indulged myself. She had a light, curly bush. She clearly kept it trimmed up for swimsuit wear, but she just as clearly had not paid any special care to it that day. A trace of stubble could be seen cutely extending beyond her soft mat of hairy soft mat that was drenched in sweet nectar between her legs that I dragged my tongue up the length of her slit, finding its way through the delicate fuzz, and Sandy outright writhed at the oral caress. I slid up a hand to brush through the wet hair, parting it for my tongue's next stroke that I pressed harder this time, and I felt my taster delve between her labia. I stopped short of her clitoris and slowly forced my tongue inside her tightness. Sandy just kept repeating, Oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Over and over again doubt I nuzzled her briefly, then withdrew my tongue from her depths, and tilted slightly upwards to press and circle the tiny, hard butt of her clit. She moaned loudly. I looked upward at her and reveled at the wide-eyed stare of fascinated lust she returned. She was now just babbling wordlessly, and her arms waved around. I licked her clit harder. Her hands went to my head tentatively, then she suddenly grabbed me and pressed my face even harder into her crotch. Fuck! More! More! She growled that I gave her more, in the form of a finger sliding into her depths. Her hips bucked in response, pressing herself against both finger and tongue. I responded with a second finger. Things got uncomfortable for a moment as her fingers tugged on my hair painfully. But in a moment, she let go and instead reached up to tug hard on her own wavy brown locks. She tugged hard, and she shrieked at the pain. Then she shrieked louder as she orgasmed like a bottle rocket. A as she writhed against my face. I let the fingers inside her still themselves, but I kept lavishing attention on her clit with my tongue. Sandy just kept screaming in ecstasy, each subsequent cry a little quieter, as she seemed to be having trouble inhaling. Finally, her hands slapped down on my forehead together and pushed my heart away from her honeypot. I sat back and grinned at her in satisfaction. She just stared at me in something like disbelief. Christy slid to a seat on the couch right next to Sandy and stroked her shoulder idly. I'm not sure, Reggie, but I think she enjoyed that. Oh, fuck. Was all a still fairly delirious Sandy could manage for a second. Her eyes flashed to Christy, dealing for a second with the naked proximity, before swinging back to me, where I now sat back on my heels before her, sticky shit-eating grin still on my face. She shook her head as if in disbelief. If I were guessing, Christy went on. I would bet that that was the best head you've ever gotten. Sandy snorted, beginning to regain her breath and her concentration. That was the only head I've ever gotten. It was Christie's and my turn for disbelief. You have gotten that good, that magnificent at blowjobs, and no guy has gone down on you in return? I asked, scorned for the rest of the male race dripping from my voice. 
No one ever offered? Sandy said in a questioning voice. All playing around aside, Sandy. Christy said in a suddenly almost maternal and certainly adult voice. You need a new rule. You get yours, too. No exceptions. Sandy looked at her uncertainly, and Christy just nodded. Then Christy looked at me. And speaking of that rule, I think I need to get mine. She said, the kitten back in her voice. With that she slid off the couch, turned around and knelt on the floor facing away from me, with her arms braced back on the sofa cushion where she had just left, her right forearm pressing lightly against Sandy's outer thigh. Sandy almost seemed like she would shy away, but she was too fascinated by what was happening. Christy just waggled that sweet, tight, round ass at me. Time for mine, she said, not even looking back at me. The rest of the guys Sandy knew might be idiots who missed out, but I was not. I just winked at Sandy and bent down myself to lick up the back of Christy's leg. I worked her thighs apart, giving myself easy access to the shaven smooth lips between and licked them slowly. Christy just lifted her head and crooned for a moment, before calling out sibilantly to me, still not looking my way. Nice, but that's not what I need. I was red before our friend here showed up, and you two going at it has me dying. I need to be fucked, Reggie. Now! Kneeling naked between Christie's legs in a position from which I doubt any man could say no to that request, and I had no such inclination anyway. I straightened up and crabbed forward on my knees. My cock had more than managed to get its act together again already, and I took it in one hand to guide its tip against her more than damp, almost dripping entrance. Letting it rub there softly, I ran both hands now around the curves of her ass, savoring the anticipation. Christie just wiggled her hips gently and sighed. Yes. Sandy was starting in rapt fascination at the two of us, and her eyes widened even further as I started pressing into Christie's body. I tried to go as slowly as possible, inching into her but not pulling back even once. Her tight embrace was exquisite as it slowly took me into its grasp. Christie just lowered her head and groaned in satisfaction as I relentlessly filled her, inch by inch. I squeezed her ass as my belly finally came to rest, pressed hard against it, all of me buried in her, and I sighed in blissful satisfaction. Then I slowly withdrew almost the whole way, and slid into her again, still slow but not quite so patiently. And why cock might have been hard again, but I knew I would take a good while to come even close to getting off again, and I had every intention of enjoying this fuck to the fullest. I began to establish a soft, easy rhythm of gentle thrusts that I felt I could keep up for a long time, giving me forever to enjoy the sensation of plundering Christie's clamping confines, and incidentally enjoying the view of Sandy's naked form leaning forward in fascination. I lost track of her, pretty quickly, her youthful nakedness drifting into the background of my consciousness. As my mind found itself focusing more fully on the gorgeous woman I was fucking. Shocking, I know. It was incredible to just slide in and out of her, my cock moving easily through her sodden flesh, despite the firm grip her body had on my invading member. For an indefinably long moment, I didn't even see Christy my brain just devoting its entire processing power to the sensations emanating from between my legs. I barely perceived the feel of her taut, flexing ass under my fingers. Movement snapped me out of my delicious fugue, and I saw that Sandy had my camera and was pointing it at us. I looked into the lens and smiled a little wildly, then pointedly looked away and back down to Christy. We are doing a photo shoot. I observed to her as I kept up my delicious rhythm. I know, I just handed her the camera. Christy giggled. How did the camera get in here? Christy must have brought it along as she followed us when I carried Sandy in here. Had she taken pictures herself? Almost certainly, the sneak. Deliberately without warning her, I shifted the angle that I thrust into Christy and she gasped. 
Her hand on the couch that rested against Sandy lifted and clutched her thigh almost involuntarily. The new angle was an improvement. Noted that I increased my pace, but just a tiny bit. I was beginning to sense that my balls were catching up to my hard-on in the readiness department, and I was in no hurry for them to do their thing. This was too fucking hot. Sandy seems to feel the need to distract herself from Christie's hand on her thigh, which had gone from clutching to massaging. He's so fucking fat, she said quietly to Christie. How can you just keep taking it like that? It's fucking glorious, Christine grunted in reply. I felt her press her ass back against mine a little now with each thrust, needfully. But, she went on to Sandy between my plunges. You are forgetting, oh fuck, your new rule. She sighed a moment and just let me fuck her. Then she went on. Always get yours too, she said. With that, she pushed up above Sandy's knee and shifted herself to between those lithe young legs, shuffling on her knees that I had to stop my thrusting, but I was able to keep myself buried in her as I shuffled my way with her. Now, with Christy kneeling right between Sandy's legs, my view was even more incredible. I looked from Christy's pert ass, up her sleek, straight back, over her tousled blonde hair which blocked any view of Sandy's crotch from this angle, to Sandy's flat belly, nervously undulating in response to this new alignment, then back and forth over her equally quivering tits, and finally to her face, the expression of hesitant. Bewildered uncertainty almost immediately covered by the camera as she lifted it to take more pictures of this same tableau from her viewpoint. Christy looked up at Sandy's face while she rubbed her hand teasingly up and down an inner thigh. I'm going to give it a try now, she said to our new friend, but she made no move to do so, only holding Sandy's gaze until the younger woman just nodded spastically. Then Christy leant forward to kiss one of those juicy nipples. I leaned forward to keep myself inside her, and had to brace myself on Sandy's knee with one hand to keep from toppling onto them both. I doubt Sandy even felt my hand. She only set the camera aside, eyes now like saucers. Christy kissed her way down Sandy's belly, which now jerked and rolled like a belly dancer's. She did not linger there, even at the arrestingly deep navel at its center, but kept moving downward. As she reached that soft little bush, she veered slightly to the left, rather than going straight in. As she nibbled softly on the inner thigh, I was back in position to stay upright and I reluctantly relinquished my grip on Sandy's leg. There was nothing reluctant about my continued, languid thrusts. Suddenly, Christie's head was square between Sandy's legs and our new friend was gasping in shock, discomfort, and raw pleasure at whatever was happening. I moved my head around for a better viewpoint, but I just could not see what she was doing. It was inconceivable that I could be experiencing sexual frustration while in the middle of fucking Christy Gaines, yet that is what I felt. I really wanted to see. I settled for starting to fuck Christy harder. The shock and discomfort bled away from Sandy's face, leaving just the raw, erotic pleasure as she experienced Cunnilingus for only the second time. She did seem to be enjoying it. Christy was using her left hand up where I could not see to aid in her efforts, while her right had snaked its way up Sandy's torso stroking and manipulating a bouncy breast and the jutting nipple at its peak. That seemed like a good idea, and I leaned forward to reach under Christy and pinch the nipple of a dangling mound. It wobbled delectably in my grasp as I rammed into her. Sandy might have been the last to arrive in this particular sexual party game, but it was apparent that she was going to be the first to come. Swiftly, her head rolled back and she started moaning and twitching. The sight of her approaching orgasm really was too much for me and I felt my own time of an easy— sensual ride was running out. Between us, Christy also seemed to be riding the approaching wave. It burst first over Sandy, 
and her moaning rose in pitch and urgency as she jerked against Christie's face. Her voice hit a crescendo, and she sagged backward. Christie raised her head, but left the hand between her legs where it was, and I could see from Sandy's face that it was still working away. My hips were no longer remotely capable of slow, easy thrusts, and I was pounding into Christie for all I was worth, gasping with effort and grunting in pleasure. She just ground her ass back against me, quiet sounds emanating from her as well. Sandy's eyes blearily locked onto mine and at that, I made some kind of guttural noise as the electrical shock of a truly massive ejaculation ran through my body, seemingly tripping every nerve ending from toes to ears, maybe especially the earlobes. Orgasms are funny things. Funny and glorious. The rush of my jizz into Christie seemed to kick her into an even higher gear, and her noises rose in pitch and volume. I kept thrusting, a little desperately now, into her, and she suddenly bent her face back between Sandy's legs. Sandy almost yelped a bit at the renewed oral assault, then really yelped in surprise at whatever happened when Christy came. I felt my next-door neighbor shudder almost violently around my cock. Her cries leaked out from around Sandy's pussy, muffled and wet-sounding, and that all set Sandy off again. Nothing was in the way to muffle her cries of delight as she thrummed with ecstasy. Her orgasm this time sounded almost exhausted, but possibly the most happy least surprised why et.my exhausted cock was wildly overstimulated from keeping up the work after it came, and I almost involuntarily let myself fall backward to the floor, my wet, still hard dick bouncing up and slapping my belly as it popped free of Christie.I sat back and just caressed Christie's ass. There was just no getting enough of touching her backside. We need to get upstairs to bed, Christie said. Sandy somehow found reserves of energy at that suggestion, and they rose to dash their way to the master bedroom. I had to argue for a moment with my legs, which felt like underdone pasta, but I wasn't about to lose that argument and trailed swiftly behind them, the sight of those two backsides bouncing up the stairs a powerful incentive to catch up. Then we all paused at the foot of the bed. Sandy, bubbling over with excitement and desire as we burst into the room, was suddenly the most timid. An almost frustrated grimace appeared on her face. She turned and kissed Christy quickly. I want him to fuck me so bad, she said quickly but he was spying on you first, tonight. He should eat you first. You are so generous, Christy said, with complete seriousness. Sandy was on a sex high, and you could see her body demanding more. But, I said quietly, leaning in over her shoulder and kissing her ear, who says I'm the one who needs to lick her pussy? Sandy froze. This was the final Rubicon, I thought. She stared at Christy, who smiled back most encouragingly. Then Christy just crawled onto the bed propping herself up against the mass of pillows at the headboard and spread her legs invitingly. Sandy's mind retreated to details. Oh wow, I guess I didn't realize. You are totally smooth. Does it hurt to shave down there? Not if you do it right. Christy laughed. She stroked her smooth, slick labia, as engorged with desire as Sandy's. Want to come take a closer look? She asked, her voice more filled with genuine uncertainty than seduction. Sandy hesitated another beat. Go, I said, putting my hand on her pretty rump and giving the slightest of pushes. Sandy crawled up onto the bed. She found herself on her hands and knees, looking down between Christie's legs. Oh, she sighed in hesitant curiosity and desire. Touch it, Christie said softly. Sandy slowly raised a hand and traced her index finger down Christie's slit. The older woman just shivered. I, I don't, I don't know. Sandy said fearfully doubt I knew Christy didn't want to push her where she genuinely didn't want to go any more than I did. 
I slid onto the bed beside her and whispered into her ear. You know you don't need to. I am happy to just shove your ass aside and feast, you know. She giggled in relief. Piss off. I'm just... I don't know what the fuck to do. She practically wailed. You always assumed that a woman would innately know how to give great conilingus. Was she so inclined, right? I mean, they know what they like, so they could just do that themselves, if they are of the mind to try. But the male population of South Florida had been letting Sandy down in her initial year of forays into sex. Lean down, I said slowly. Start by kissing her thighs. You want to tease her a little first. I don't need teasing, Christy put in, lustily but unhelpfully. Yes, she does, I said firmly. Kiss, lick, and even nibble at that tan, firm flesh inside her leg, then move upward until you are close. I observed happily as Sandy obeyed my instructions. I rested my hand on the small of her back as she moved. Her skin was so fucking smooth. Now, get your tongue good and wet and drag it along that bare, beautiful slit. That's it. Taste her. She's fucking delicious, isn't she? Sandy licked Christy again, and then again. The blonde just looked down in ecstasy at the lovely sensation and incredible situation. Press harder, she instructed now. Press that strong, supple tongue inside me. Oh, yes. Just like that. Oh, hell, you are fucking me with your tongue. That is nice. I let Christy take over the instruction, listening eagerly. Oh, yeah, that's it. You found my clit. You know how good that feels. Treat it like you did the tip of Reggie's cock. Lick it. Kiss it. Suck it. Oh, fuck yeah. Sandy seemed to have found her rhythm, which left me with time on my hands. I looked back at that rounded backside and slid deliberately around to kneel behind her, between her knees. She spread them just a bit more to accommodate my presence. She knew I was there and was making every effort to encourage me. I took my cock in my hands and rubbed it across the bouncy flesh of her glutes. She only wriggled her hips invitingly and replied out a particularly loud groan of approval issued from Christie's lips after Sandy followed some new instruction or other. I had stopped listening, frankly doubt I bent my hips and let my cock drop between her thighs, its eager tip caressing her sodden bush. I grabbed her ass in both hands and pressed into her. I heard a gasp from Sandy and an answering one from Christie. Jesus, Sandy was tight. She was wet as the ocean but I still had to pump in and out of her in short thrusts to manage to work my way deeper a little at a time. It finally registered on Christy what I was doing and her eyes briefly focused on me. Go, Reggie! Make her scream into my pussy! Jesus, Christy! Sandy mumbled into her crotch. He's so fucking fat! I know, isn't it glorious? Christy sighed, dropped her head back down to watch Sandy. Her eyes widened briefly. As glorious as what you just did there! Do it again, please. I suddenly found myself fully inside Sandy. I left myself there for a moment, working the flesh of her ass in my grip and twisting my hips to work my cock around inside of her. But my body was not going to let me be too relaxed about this fuck. It needed to go at it, and hard doubt I let it doubt I slid myself almost entirely out of Sandy, then slammed back in. She was still tight beyond compare and it took genuine effort to stroke smoothly back into her, but I managed— and she groaned into Christie's snatch again. After an in and out or two, it was no longer so hard to thrust into her, just utterly, erotically, delightful as my cock slid through her sodden, slippery, grasping flesh. Keeping my grip on that sweet ass, I started fucking her in a steady rhythm. I did keep changing my angle of attack, seeking where I made her squirm the most until I found it. 
She was writhing her but back against me now in sharp motions to meet my every thrust, and I was glad to discover that the angle was working marvelously for me as well that I realized that Sandy was sobbing with pleasure, but refusing to give up pleasuring Christy, who was moaning herself now that it was amazing, it was wonderful, and it was not going to last long. All it would take was one of us falling over the cliff coming up before us, and we would all lose it, I was sure. I was just determined to hold out so I was not the first to go. In the end, it was Sandy who could not hold up against the double-ended sexual sensations, and came first again. I watched over her back as she suddenly pressed her mouth around Christie's clit and screamed. The sound and the vibrations dropped Christie into a spiral as well. These two women orgasming sent an overpowering thrill through me. I could feel Sandy spasming directly around my cock, but I also felt Christie's first orgasm as her hips bucked upward, jamming Sandy back against my cock that I managed two more thrusts before I exploded inside Sandy. I was just as loud as the two of them. I groaned and gasped as I drained myself inside that 19-year-old pussy. Her orgasm just rolled onward, reinvigorated by the arrival of my flooding jizz. My obvious climax seemed to set off in Christie a second, distinct orgasm this one leaving her growling low and clamping her thighs around Sandy's head. It was a moment out of time as the three of us felt the urgency drain from us, replaced by a residue of bliss. I kept my cock jammed as hard into Sandy as I could manage, and Christy likewise seemed loath to release her thighs grip on her head. Sandy was the first to break, probably feeling a bit like sandwich filling, and twisted free of both of us simultaneously. We all collapsed together on the mattress, somehow maneuvering ourselves to where our heads lay together. I kissed Sandy softly, then Christy leaned across her to kiss me too. Holy crap! That shit was crazy! Sandy gasped, panting. Oh my god, please let me come spy on you with Reggie again, she said rapidly to Christy. That can be arranged. Christy laughed. I laughed along with her. But you know, I enjoy watching too, Christy said. Maybe next time, we should sneak over to Reggie's backyard after I get done with work while he is floating naked in his pool playing with himself like he does. Naughty boy, Sandy said eagerly. Hey, I asked sharply. How do you know I float naked in the pool? You aren't the only one who knows how to peek. Christy smiled. The End This podcast is part of the Erotica Podcast Network. Visit the other channels for more stories with a different focus. Support us on Patreon to make requests for subjects you would love to hear. Thank you to those who have already reached out.